art and bold fit podcast. Art and bold fit podcast. Art and bold fit podcast. Yo, 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 yo. We hear another episode of the Art MBS podcast, the podcast by artists for artists and art lovers. Episode 71, y'all. Tapping in from the slums of Fresno, California, Broadway Studios, holding it down. Housekeeping time. Shout out to Cats over on Apple, holding us down. Hit that five star. Drop that review. You know what's really happening. Cats over on Spotify. Keep their wrapped and crack. You know what's good. Three niggas over on Google. Wash your hands after you hit that. Cover your mouth after you cough or before you cough. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to keep it sanitary out here. Listeners on the web, we see y'all. Man, I ain't even gone. Next, most importantly, cats over on the Patreon, man. I see y'all holding it down, bumping them segments, showing me some love. Man, I know what's really good over there. Yo, shout outs to the plugs. You know what's up. Fulton Street Coffee, hit them up. They roast in the beans in house. You need that fine quality glassware. You need some vases. You need something that's made by hand straight out the bang, bang, bang. Hit up Eli out in Bellingham, Washington at Aspen Hand on Instagram or AspenHand.com. Last but not least, have some respect for your artwork. Put a Vatican on that bitch. Hit up Nigel. Yo, man, you need them quality frames. He'll take care of it. He let me hold them casinos like a Sarah get tondos he got those flemish corners i tried to warn you dutch ripple yo man listen i couldn't even get it out the dutch ripples are so crazy you guys i just like and then the tondos my brain exploded but yeah we here you know i still got all the shit for sale hit me up on instagram you know i got products man books shirts paintings whatever we want um we're gonna get to it Episode 71 of the Art MBS podcast. First podcast uh, of the new electoral fucking presidency and shit. Yeah, man. Shouts to, uh, you know what I'm saying, women of color holding it down with, um, you know, Joe Biden and all that good stuff. Yeah, man. So whatever was whatever. And hopefully we can get opened back up sooner than later. Hopefully we can get back to our normal fucking routines and shit because, man... You know what I'm saying? Niggas need to get out here and, and see what's happening. It's real in the field, y'all. But, you know, intro's dragging out. I know what you guys are waiting for. James, what you gonna play? James, man, you on that shit, man, with you over there. About to rock. So just hold tight, man. I got y'all. It's the kid with the distinctive voice. You know I'm the instinctive choice. As long as me, do the thing on your name. Hey, yo, these niggas watch too much TV, and I can get you hit up easy. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Shouts all the art collectors out there. These rappers fake and imaginating, they fabricate. Nine to fivers. Keep them AirPods in. See your boss ain't tripping. Entrepreneurs. You know what I'm saying? Keep that schedule filled. You know what's popping. 
Niggas life ain't nothing like mine. Bitch ass niggas probably fight crime. They ain't have a pipeline. Ain't see them in the nighttime. Can't get fly when you cheaper than Expedia and Priceline. Art and bullshit podcast. I'm an on-site mine. You gon' write rhymes. Essential workers, man. Where y'all at? Get money. Yo, we out here. Back to the graffiti shit. Yo, Velcro was popping. UPSK, you know how we do it. Fast stack, I see you. Mutt one was popping. Gamble. Yo, man, you know how we do it. Keep it high level out here. They see the pedigree. The shit is deadly, man. Flyness will be the death of me. We keep it pushing, man. Art and bullshit podcast. Art and bullshit podcast. Nah, nah, nah. Art and bullshit podcast. Here's how we gonna do this. I just wanna be. Art and bullshit podcast. Tell them niggas. Let's get it. Podcast family, where you at? You got company cars, hit them corners. Turn me up, nigga. Sorry for the wait. Bitch, I was in the kitchen dancing on a plate. You want my story out in they like what took so long I'm like nigga I Billy Blink Yeah we here nigga Monday we back God bless a homicide God bless a shooter Your soul a computer You Google rumors I scale fish boy I move units Stepped on it twice and I meant to The brick got chandelier Often imitated never duplicated These lame niggas emulated What's poppin' clip don't got a curfew I close casket and hurt Work you all city podcast with up Auntie's house was popping Mars is far keep that blip Pen blazed up Hitters in the building Fuck your feelings I'm the truth I'm the light I'm the way Niggas broke Niggas fake They in the way Art and bullshit podcast I couldn't fucking wait How you make the jump to 67 from a 28 It's all in the wrist Young nigga DMT the trip I'm coming with Jay Stell where you at? Bitch I'm a legend Put off on a 10 and I'm flying in a 11 I'm trying to drive the Bentley in the heaven Hop out in Louis Denim You saw me just get out of the whip Icy as cool gray 11s you know the engine different way is revving. Hey, yo, ties, I give you hope I'll be your reverend. They can't stop me, boy, this shit was destined. Don't mention me with them, they irrelevant. Let me settle this. First advance, blue, blue. Second one, two. Luckily, I've been getting to it since Brooklyn's. Shame on you when you step Art and bullshit podcast. Art and bullshit podcast. Take notes. You know, I feel like inspiration comes in the morning, but paintings come late. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Episode 71. You saw me just get out of the whip. I mean, it, I mean, we here. Ill nigga alert. Ill nigga alert. Was crazy. We had sense on episode 69 and then Jody Unk last episode and then Bax. Uh, yeah, man. So we here. Uh, you guys saw the description. 
you know what's popping. Oh yeah, first time listeners, y'all just are like, what the hell's happening? <laughs> Thank you for coming out. Uh, we do this every week and we will continue to do this. Um, like I said before, I was a boy with a dream. Now I'm a man with a vision. Returning family members, uh, grab a blanket, man. You know where the lemonade's at. I'm not just, a. Hey, don't touch my weed and we'll be fine. I'm not doing this with y'all no more. Enjoy the episode. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Yo, 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 yo. We here another week, another pod. Was cracking with it. Episode 71 of the Art and BS Podcast. The podcast by artists, for artists, and art lovers. I am your host from the West Coast. James Gerald's holding it down. Hey, y'all, this week we got another heavy generator in the building. We got a savage with the spray paint. You know what I'm saying? We got a real one with the Rusto. You know we got a cat who you seen roll through. Man, listen, hold up. Let's get some air horns. Yo, yo, yo. Like I said, yo, everybody can't come up here, so I had to I had to make some uh some calls man i had to send out a kite so we got an og big homie in the building you might have seen him on some of your favorite murals you might have seen him under bridges with some of the finest of letters you might have seen him on, on the rooftops crew shots you know what i'm saying man we're gonna get to the walkout stories in a second exclusives out here Art and Bullshit Podcast. Yeah, so without further ado, let's give a warm round of applause to Detour, IWS, Creatures, and we'll get to the rest of that later. What's going on, man? What's up with you? What's up, player? How you doing, man? Uh, just sitting here chilling, man, you know, hanging out in the forest, enjoying life. I like it. So let's get to it, man. Uh, what was your first memory seeing art? I'm sorry, I said again. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Detour. How you doing today? <laughs> Good, man. Sorry, I do have a little bit of a hearing problem occasionally too, so I may don't. Please don't get annoyed if I uh, ask you to repeat a couple questions here and there. Oh yeah, yeah, and we'll see. And also, we have the technology bar- barrier between us. We don't have like the fine. Uh, creature comforts of the normal you know james pulling up you know you saw me just get out of the whip i mean you know just right. just Sitting to in the studio can. behind the microphone right 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 so yeah and we'll we'll eventually we'll get up there you know we'll mosey on but uh the general question i like to ask all of the guests coming on is what was your first memory seeing art like just art in general or graffiti sure let's go with let's or? go with art in general uh, you know, I never really was too much into art. You know, I had I took art classes and stuff in school and all that, but you know, I just never really was too much into art itself until uh, until I got into graffiti. And honestly, what got me into that was uh, my homie Mutt. We were in uh, high school together and had a couple classes together. And, you know, I seen he was uh, just doodling letters on paper and stuff like that. And, I uh, I just turned around to him and said, "Man, I want to learn that, learn how to do that too." 
And then from there, I started getting, you know, more appreciation of art and stuff like that. But, yeah, obviously my first uh, my first introduction to art, I would have to say, was probably graffiti, man. Like, it's, I think that's what did it for me. Okay. So, now, <coughs> before we get, because uh, <coughs> that's, a, that's a great that's a great thing to uh, talk about before we get to that. I want to, I want to touch on. So does the artistic gene run in your family? No, not at all. Uh, my sister's a photographer. She teaches art class. But I think, uh, yeah, honestly, I'm not sure what she teaches. I believe it's more like just the history of art and the foundation of art. I don't think she actually teaches actually doing art painting or anything like that and i I think she also teaches to a younger group of kids as well but Mm -hmm. other than that everybody in my family is we were all mechanics carpenters you know just hands-on hands-on workers okay okay so were they like uh it's it's interesting uh because the the thing about it is coming from a graffiti background I like to ask people about art because, you know, sometimes our parents may have had pictures in the house and you may have seen like a, a Kincaid join or, you know, sometimes it's like uh, some artists, it's like some old school uh, Virgin Mary paintings or like the saints and stuff like that. So I'm always curious as like as to whether or not that shit played a part in your growth and development. So let's get to, let's hop to the graffiti part, man. So you in high school, right? Now here's my question. I talked to Sense about this as well. And I want to ask you, when you were in high school and you you were clicking up, you met, shout outs to, hold on, let's get some air horns for OG Mutt Wunski. Mutt One was good. Mutt was popping. Anyway, uh, when you were, at that point, who was up in Indy? Who did you see that was bombing? Man, back then, I'd have to say it was uh, Real Next, Demo Shore, uh, definitely a lot of the NBL guys, uh, UN, SN, Keys. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much as far as like bombing and stuff like that. It was it was those guys, and then uh, there was IWS that was doing pieces and stuff. Uh, I was an HFX crew back then. This was prior to IWS and all the other guys. But uh, we mainly focused on trains, and we went out and did walls occasionally and stuff like that. But, you know, definitely our main focus was trains, and that was that was what we did a lot of. Now, who was responsible for getting the Drake? You know, I think... I believe that was Demo and Shore originally that got that. I'm not exactly sure how that worked out. The uh, So the Drake, I'm sure some people knew this, some people didn't, but there was the Grainer Towers that were kind of across the alleyway from it. and That part, you know, obviously was illegal, and the wall across was legal, uh, but a lot of people considered the, uh, the Grainer Towers the Drakes, too, and that they were actually, you know, two separate things. So. Mm. But the wall itself, I do believe, was demo and sure they went. I don't remember what that building was originally, but uh, I'm pretty sure that they went in there and talked to them, got permission. And uh, and then from there, I, I don't think they ever got any letters written up or permission letters written up. So I think they just printed up a couple fake ones, which, you know, we they, they did that quite a bit back then. And uh, But, you know, 
it worked out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you remember the first time we met? From what I recall, you have a different story than I remember. The, the first time that me and you met that I remember was uh, me and Creep were driving um, down the highway, the 6570 uh, split or whatever it's called, where it all comes together. And we were driving down the highway, and we look up on this rooftop, and we see a couple guys up there, you know, painting the walls, and we're like, oh, crap, man, you know, that's that's illegal. They're up there in broad daylight. It's like 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. We pull over. We, we're assuming it was MUL, and uh, walk over there and start walking. I'm like, oh, man, he's, hey, guys. And you you all freaked out. It was uh, you, bizarre. And you had one other guy yeah, up there. I, I don't remember who that was Yeah, now. yeah, be a, but shout out to yeah, Bazaar yeah, and yeah, Boz. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And uh, so, yeah, you guys kind of freaked out and paused for a second. Like, you didn't know if we were the employees or undercover cops or mm-hmm. who the hell we were. You got, y'all had no clue, especially me. I didn't look the part of a graffiti artist. But, you know, so I'm, I'm, y'all just looked at me like, who the heck are you guys? We're like, oh, hey, 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 we're, you know, we're who we are. We're, I'm Bax, and I wrote back at the time. You knew that a lot of a lot of people do um but yeah we're hey we're back street you know we're we're iws and uh and then uh i think you you asked me you're like man this is when i had that uh that piece out on the, the front side of the train bridge or i can't remember it might have been the heaven there i don't remember mm-hmm. but uh it was one of those things where i literally just crawled out on i can't believe i did it but and uh, you're like yeah man who is who's Bex? and i just said hey yeah that's me and and that was that was pretty much it. And we kind of explained to you guys that that was not a not a legal wall, and somewhere that you were you were very lucky that we were the first one to show up, not the police, man, because mm-hmm. we really thought y'all was gonna go to jail that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we ate, but you know what? We finished it. And also, to your credit, uh, you guys actually at that point in time you had the rooftop that was visible. Because what color was it like? yellow and brown that you guys the I, you did an IWS up there at the time you and creep uh probably it was me and him mainly doing it so i think even at that time we had a big war uh going on with MUL crew and uh we were pretty much going up to that rooftop almost you know every we do it one night Tokyo or UN or somebody would come out and do it the next night and then we go back over them the next night. They go back over us the next night, and that's again that was why we assumed you guys were MUL. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, we were up on that rooftop, pretty you know definitely quite often. So there's a very good chance that there was an IWS mm-hmm. on that on that highway spot that day. Yeah, 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 man. Yeah, so now we fucking jumped way forward because we went from you getting busy with Mutt to like you running up on us in the rooftop and there's like a big ass like gap of, of work. You know what I'm saying? There's like a big piece of your uh, portfolio that's in between that oh time. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a pretty big jump. <laughs> right, 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 right. So now when you was back like, okay, so Mutt... He was he was doing the black books, and I would assume it was Shore and Demo, right? Shore, Demo, Mutt, and Eros. Uh, this was before Eros too. The uh, uh, trying to think. So then it was pretty much just uh, as far as the HFX crew. It was real next Demo, Shore, uh, Mutt. And, oh, man, I'm, I'm forgetting some names, and I, it's so long ago. I now, did remember. you know Gamble back then? 
Hey, yeah, me and Gamble, uh, me and Gamble actually went to third grade together. What? We have, me and Gamble have known each other a very long time. Miss Posey's class. What's up, Miss Posey? <laughs> oh, shit. But, uh. But yeah, me and him have known each other for a long time, and then uh, yeah, he or he didn't come into. He, I don't was Danny or was, was Gamble ever HSX? I don't remember. No, he I know was, he was in UA. UA. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so yeah. so the generations go HFX was first, right, and then IWS, and then in NUA. Is that how it went? As far as when the cruise came about, yes. Uh, HFX and IWS were probably. About the same time, where they were just different sides of the city, so they didn't really mingle together. Um, but uh, NUA came, HFX kind of had issues. Doug quit, or uh, real quit, quit writing, uh, went off. I think he became a preacher or something, man. He went completely 180 degrees. Well, so he pulled a mace on you, huh? Yeah, yeah, he was he was out, man. I, I don't even know what the heck happened to him. I know he's got family, and like I said, I think he's a preacher now or something like that, man. Mm-hmm. I, I don't quote me on that, but right, yeah, right. hey. But uh, yeah, he kind of went off, did his own thing, and then HSX kind of we had a little uh, I don't know <laughs> thing kind of happened between everybody. I don't know if it was I I, I really don't know what it was, but it kind of just stopped. Mm-hmm. And then uh, NUA started, and that was when uh, Eros and Says and Says was HFX as well, and I, I believe Eros was too, if I remember right. Um, but yeah, then it pretty much everybody just kind of went. Everybody that was HFX pretty much went to NUA, except for Real and Nex, and uh, I think that was pretty much it at the time. So wait, you were in NUA? You were pushing it? Yeah, I pushed NUA for a little while. Okay, that was okay. I, I think I was in NUA. I was pushing NUA when we actually met. Okay. But that's also when we all had, every one of us was trying to ha- have our own crews and all that stuff. So I think we had like TNI, HFX, NUA, F- FYO. You know, I think everybody had their own little crew back then that we were all part of. It was, it was kind of ridiculous, honestly. <laughs> so now talk about like, the the climate of bombing back then because um because we're gonna talk about we'll we'll get to cruise in a second but i want to take a second to like uh because the solo backs like shit you know that shit was nuts man like when i first met you like there was that instance and then like i also remember you know being in broad ripple one night and you having the fucking uh the leather jacket with the no nazi sign and shit the nazi and like the the red slash and the circle and all that and then like yeah you know you were killing shit and, and you were essentially like one of the kings of indie uh because the and I and I can say that um I can say it factually because do you remember there was an article in the Nouveau and they wrote about um the the they interviewed the graffiti detective and the graffiti detective was like yo I'm looking for four niggas it's Tokyo Bax Rumor and Arrest are the four people that I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah, I remember that article. They uh. I think there was that the same one where they had like different uh, 
sections on the article, like they, they interviewed the detectives and they interviewed some of the graffiti mm-hmm. artists too. Yeah, yeah. And they and they they had interviewed me, and I think mine was like titled uh, "Monkey on Their Backs" or mm-hmm. something like yep, I can't remember yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it sure I, I was. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those were good times, man. <laughs> oh, man, good stuff. I haven't thought about these times in a long time, man. That was, dude, I'm 41 now. That was, I was somewhere between 18 and 21 then. I was yeah. 20. Well, 20 and weren't you, like, under a bridge or some shit for a second? Yeah, I was, uh, the whole time we were, I was staying up in Broder Bull, you know, I was kind of going back and forth and hanging out with different people, you know, staying in different houses and, occasionally uh under the under the bridge a little bit and we had a whole it, it was fun man like I, you know i know a lot of people don't understand that but it was we, we had a lot of fun there was just a bunch of us you know punk rockers hippies skaters ravers everybody we all kind of uh, you know congregated there and then all lived underneath another bridge together and we you know it was it was, it was a lot of fun <laughs> was a lot of drinking and Stuff, but uh, you know, it's, we were young, and it's, it was a lot of fun. I guess that's about all I can say about it. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, and I, and I think that's the graffiti writer lifestyle lends to partying, lends to waking up in strange places because you've spent all night painting. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So those are those are some of the things that I think a lot of times people don't understand when they look at the the pictures, the underlying lifestyle that's attached to that. You know what I'm saying? And like what it takes in order to like really dedicate your life to like an ephemeral uh, discipline of art, if you will. Because yeah, you don't know if that exactly. shit's gonna get gone over the next day. You don't know if it's gonna ride for two years. Right. That's the one thing that I, definitely learned from graffiti man you know it's uh, my life lesson from graffiti was man it nothing lasts forever just get over it and don't worry about it go do it put another one go do it better yeah man always always do better than your last so now i'm curious okay so we went from Doing black books with butt, fucking rocking the shit. You would creep, getting busy, IWS up, and then like you got to California, right? Like there was like a migration and shit at some point, or was that like way yeah, was, later on? That was way later on. Okay, I moved okay. to California in like two thousand and nine, I believe, and that okay. was when I think that was when me and you reconnected and. um uh, man, I always forget the name of the little city you live in there. Right, right, right. Well, I came up to visit uh, Sinister Saints. Shout out to Saucy. You know, uh, Saucy was holding me Hell down. Yeah. I came up. All city. You know what I'm saying? Man, Saucy, Sa- That's Saucy, right. I Saint Clair, You did come man. up there and uh, you hung out with us for a little while up there, didn't you? Mm-hmm. In Willage. Yeah. Yeah, I totally remember that. That yeah, was right. Hell yeah. It was great shit. Yeah. But oh, yeah, you came to up Fresno. There, yeah, you did. You came through. Uh, that was tight, yeah. And then after that, I went up to to Willits. Didn't mean you that. go down to L.A. together too from that trip. Oh yeah, because we hung out with uh, Velcro down there. Oh shit! See, that's how much weed I smoke. Shout out to Velcro. Yeah, yeah what's yeah, up, Velcro? Man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how'd you and Jim's meet? 
Me and Jim's? Uh-huh. Man, how did me and Jim's meet? That's a, you know, that's a really good question. I honestly don't know if I have an answer to that story. I, uh, I would imagine it was somewhere, you know, he was obviously in KA at the time, and when we, we were, uh, IWS was, uh, we were hanging out with a lot of the KA guys and putting them down in the crew, uh, so obviously it was sometime right around all the right around when I met Zom and Huff and uh, uh, man Velcro, uh, paint little painter. Uh, there's a few other those KA guys I know I'm leaving out. So no offense, guys. I just get but those were pretty much everything. the guys that made it like that you had kind of taken a uh, liking to, correct? Yeah, yeah, and for some reason, Jim's. Jim stuck out the most, man. We love that motherfucker. But, yeah, he's, uh, we, we never really were super close at the time, you know, when he was coming into IWS, and I was still kind of, I never really got close to people. It took a while for me to, you know, trust people and just even want to be close to people. I've always kind of been like that. But, uh, so, yeah, me and him didn't really become a little bit closer until, you know, years and years later when I, I had actually taken a break from graffiti and, kind of came back and he was uh he was actually a big part of iws at the time helping you know sacred and sense do a lot of the murals and stuff like that so naturally we just started hanging out more and more and this was uh also at the time when his belt was kind of going downhill and stuff too so Mm -hmm. but uh after you know once that me and him you know we became really good friends and we still we still stay in contact quite often i mean we're 3,000 something miles apart, I think, something like that. But, uh, yeah, we still, I still talk to him, still, still talk to him quite a bit. So he's definitely up there on, uh, some of the people that I, I consider myself to be close to. On a scale from one to 10, how would you rate his rapping ability? Of course, a 15. I mean, okay, okay. Jim's got <laughs> bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah James, you got it, man. Nah, hey, dude's got talent, man, for sure. Uh, um, hey, no, no, I, friend. I, I like what he does. I, I, I used to have a CD. I, I, need, mm-hmm. I need to get another copy of it. You know, through all the traveling and moving and moving back and forth from the East Coast or uh, West Coast to the Midwest and mm-hmm. all that stuff. I've, I've lost it, and you know, CDs they get scratched and left in CD players here and there and all that kind of stuff. So I need to get another copy of that and. I think he was going to do a second one. I don't know if he ever did or not. I know there was talks of it, but right. and this may just be me. I may just be making something up that was never even even in the mix. So you know. <laughs> yeah, man. Shout out to Gems, man. Good shit. Love you, brother. Shit. Yeah, man. So, uh, you you know what's crazy is is like it the the evolution of the graffiti writer. Um, and, and it's interesting to see like your career because you were always the generation ahead of me. You know, when I moved to Indy, you were like, okay, you're already on the map established. IWS, IWS kind of had a foothold and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see, you know, 20 years in the game, how your style has evolved and how you kind of rearranged everything, flipped it and bounced it around. Um, so <laughs> with that, I want to ask, like, what was, what was like the defining point 
in your career that made you say like, okay, it's time to leave backs behind and then like pick up some new shit? Uh, that's a good question. Um, You know, I don't, I don't know exactly. I, therefore, why I, I love the name. I love those letters. I, I still do draw them and I, I paint them occasionally. It's been a while since I've done a back piece now, but there for a while I was trying to make sure I did like at least one a year, but you know, I haven't probably, I haven't painted it over a year now, so I can't really say anything about that, I guess. But, uh, you know, I, it was something about, I wanted a longer name. I, like I said, I love my four letters, but I, Gamble had uh, he had this was when he had started doing his gamble piece that he used to write Metro. A lot of people do or don't know that, but uh, uh, and he changed his name to a longer name, and I remember seeing that, and I really liked just the the rectangle shape of graffiti as opposed to you know just four letters, kind of a square or whatever. But I like the longer the longer stretched out names. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of started messing around with it, and I uh, I was doing a lot of traveling and stuff at the time, just you know, on the road and driving around different states and stuff. And whenever I would do that, a lot of times I would take you know back roads or uh, uh, just try to stay off the main highways, and and you'd always see a lot of just detour signs and stuff like that. And I just kind of stuck with that, and I really liked the. The, the letters themselves and then uh, I was driving around with a friend of mine uh, Shwilly one day and we stopped we were up in Broderpool and there was a detour sign laying in the middle of the road he picked it up and gave it to me and said here here's a gift uh, go paint it or something I was like alright cool yeah you know whatever I did a, uh, for some reason I chose to do the detour letters on the detour sign and I ended up hanging on the wall and it probably hung up there for about a year or so and I decided, you know, I'm going to do another detour piece. And then I did another one, and I did another one, and just kept going and going. And I eventually just found this flow of letters that I liked, and it kind of kind of just became that. And I kind of like it, too, because I can take and mix up the letters, and I still get, you know, bored and uh, routed or tour, and it's all kind of about traveling and, you know, changing, just changing the ways from, you know, doing – doing the things that you're used to doing to doing something different. It's the meaning of detour. So mm-hmm. that's another reason I, I had changed it also it was just a, I was at a changing point in my life. And so I, I had taken a detour and that's what kind of what made it stick, honestly. And it was, had a lot to do with that road sign that my friend Swilly had picked up for me and it was hanging in my house for a while. And I just fell in love with the flow of the letters was that experience at all influenced by um never mind <laughs> I was gonna say psychedelics but we'll save that for a different conversation so here's the here's the question I had for you thinking about this though like do you feel like as like detour versus like backs right like if you put them two dudes like against each other like like baseball card versus baseball card right like the backs baseball card, do you feel like he has like a stronger bombing resume than Detour, or do you feel like Detour has like, because uh, uh, for me, it seemed like, the, like backs was more like 
on some some grimy, I don't give a fuck, I'll just hit whatever type shit. And then Detour was more like, all right, I'm about to get serious about these letters. I'm about to get this ism down. I'm about to show y'all this funk. I'm about to do like more concentrated like spots and, and maximize my effort, if that makes sense. So Bax definitely would have been, you know, like you say, put a card next to each other. Bax would have more power and energy, but Detour would have way more wisdom, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the difference between Bax and Detour was, Bax was my younger days, I was hardcore punk rock, mohawks, you know, it just constantly I was at, you know, level 11, 12, 13 all the time. You know, I was constantly going. I I drank. I didn't drink a lot, but, you know, I drank. I got drunk. We partied, you know, but uh, I was definitely more of a, a rowdy, rowdy person. And then uh, I kind of switched from all that. I quit drinking years ago um, and uh, just kind of switched up my life and just kind of got a little bit more settled down and chilled out and kind of got into more of like the hip-hop hippie lifestyle and started going around touring with the dead uh got into the hip-hop scenes and stuff like that just kind of got away from that just punk rock you know rah 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 go go just sit back relax mellow out and enjoy life lifestyle and that's that's pretty much the difference between the two <laughs> Bax was definitely a different character and he's uh He's definitely been been put away, and he's. I hope he never has to come back out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but didn't you go to Scribble Jam back in the day? You was on some hip hop shit. That didn't you go to Scribble Jam? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But a few times we went. Uh, the first time I ever went, y'all showed up, and we got to paint one of. It was at the uh, Annie's building i believe is what the name of that place was and uh there was the little walls on the outside where there were like center blocks and stuff next to that the the concrete building that was next to or behind or whatever um you know i think they ranged anywhere from like three foot to six foot tall or whatever the small section six Mm -hmm. foot wide sections and i think me and sacred did a small little production on one of those um this was i was still writing back then and then uh um they started getting to know the uh, DF and uh, the DF guys a lot better. Um, so then they started, you know, getting a little bit more walls. And the next time I went back, we got a, actually a nice wall to do a production on. And I think that was me since Sacred. Jim's was on that wall. And I think that might have been it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got to do uh, another wall. Uh, it was... Uh, we painted the ticket booth, basically, where you go in and buy your tickets, obviously. Uh, we did the uh, uh, Inventing Weird Science wall, where uh, we took our names. It was me, Sacred, and Sense that did this wall. Uh, we took our names and basically broke them in half and reconnected them to each other's names. And uh, So Sacred, he would do SAC, and I would take tour from detour and i we stitched that together so it was sack tour or mm-hmm. yeah i don't remember what, what the specific order of the names we did now but it was something like that but uh mm-hmm. yeah that was a few times that i uh did get to paint up at up at scribble jam but yeah nice. that place man that nice. was 
that was a lot of fun. I definitely miss that that event, and I miss all those guys that put that on, and especially Jason. Jason was an amazing, just an historic part. I don't know. There's so much to say about Jason, but uh, that dude was that dude was the man. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know who I'm talking about, Jason. Oh rapes. yeah, rapes. Yeah, Jason. Yeah, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, brother. Yeah, man, we lost it. That was that dude was man. I remember uh, they had one of the coldest websites back in the day and shit. The DFATT crew had like a real sick like website. They've <laughs> always been on top of their game, man. Mm-hmm. That's and honestly, I mean, that's you know uh, a lot of the stuff that IWS does, the walls, the murals. That was all. You know, inspired by DF and ATT, we were, you know, we were so close there in Chicago and then the Scribble Jam and all that stuff. We were, we were heavily influenced by those guys. So doing the murals and as detailed as they were, and just uh, the fact that there was a theme and not just, you know, some pieces with, you know, a bunch of shapes in the background. There's actually a theme to what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so we, we definitely had a big influence from those guys, man, those they kill it. Definitely mm-hmm. shout out to those guys. Yeah. Yeah, man. Motherfuckers are definitely we're doing crazy shit ahead of the curve and then still doing crazy shit, you know, when the when the um jams are popping. Um so now, you know, it so okay, my my next question is let's talk a little bit about uh your relationship with trains, with train cars, man, we got to get into the fucking train car shits. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. So like you, like what, if, if there's only like two cars in the fucking joint, man, like wh- where you fucking with what you, you like the boxes, you like the auto racks, what you fucking with? I like boxes and auto racks. Um, definitely. Uh, any type of box makes me happy. Uh, I'll paint hoppers. I mean, honestly, it's been years now since I've painted trains, but mm. uh, but yeah, I'd have to say probably auto racks and uh, and boxes. Of course, that's probably the most common answer out there. I guess. I feel like people sleep on the double stackers, man. Yeah, yeah, I like those, but I don't know. I never really I don't I haven't really had a chance to paint too many of those I don't even, I don't think I think I've painted any the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the cool part about those is they connect them by fours. So like everyone can get their own and then they're always going to be connected by fours. Yeah. And, and sometimes they'll switch the order of them but they're guaranteed to stay um you know coupled together. That's that's the tight part about double stackers. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think any other train car does that because I don't think gondolas, maybe like those coil cars. I don't know. But, huh. Anyway. I yeah, I don't know. It's I painted a couple of those way, way back in the day, like, you mm-hmm. know, 90, 98, 99, something like that. But uh, I don't know that was that. But one time I did paint it, it was with demo. Mm. But, uh,. <laughs> But no special story there or anything. It was just we were went down to uh, the Hawthorne Garden. They happened to be there, so that was what we painted that night. Do you guys special stories with of the feature demo? 
Oh man, that's that's probably the story of stories, almost, uh, or one of the stories of stories uh, mm-hmm. as far as graffiti, Indianapolis history, I guess. Go. We were. Uh, uh, it was me, demo, and cyber. Uh, cyber was from Budapest. Shoutouts to Cyber. Yeah, I don't know if one, I don't have no clue what that dude's up to now, or I, I have no clue. Cause once he left Indiana after after the story I'm going to tell, uh, nobody, as far as I know, nobody's really heard from him. Uh, but so anyway, we were uh, it was me, demo, and supper, and we were painting over at the uh, uh, on the west side tracks. Uh, uh, just, you know, where the, uh, the whole road spot and all that stuff was, there was the trains mm-hmm. that went, yeah. uh, oh man, was it, it was Cross Tids is where it was. Uh, there was, they had some trains parked up there and we went up there one night to paint them and we were sitting there painting and all of a sudden we, we parked in a horrible spot. I, I have no idea why we parked. We just parked right in front of somebody's house and obviously they seen us going up there. But uh, so we started, got started on our pieces, and I honestly don't remember how far we got into it. You know, this was probably, I think this was before 2000. Yeah, this was 99. Uh, but uh, we were painting, and all of a sudden we hear, hey, stop. And that's, that's all they said. They never, nobody, never identified themselves or anything. Obviously, it turned out to be the police. And there was like 13 cops, five dogs. Somehow, it was just an outrageous number. There was three of us. I mean, I guess whatever they thought I think they got a phone call said they, that somebody thought we were going up there to break into the cars or something like that I, I don't know exactly but that's uh, from what I gathered but uh, obviously we we took off running um, and then uh, in the process of running me and they yelled they uh, they started yelling stop get on the ground or we're releasing the dogs and that's you know in my mind oh crap you know this is a piece. so me and Fiber dove on the ground and they released the dog anyway, and the dog got on the back of my, or, no, it was on my wrist first. It was on my left wrist. Chewed up on my left wrist for a little bit, and then uh, he finally got the dog off my wrist, and then I got my hands behind my back, and they, uh, the dog ended up switching over to my right leg, and, man, I was I was crying like a little girl. <laughs> it, it was not a fun experience by any means, obviously. But, yeah, they beat the crap out of us. Um Demo managed to keep running for a little while. Uh, he made it over to the junkyard. I can't remember the name of the junkyard, the, the junkyard place now, but uh, he got into the junkyard. The cops were literally hiding behind two walls of an opening that he was getting ready to run through. And as soon as he ran through it, they smacked him in the face with their nightstick and got him good. By the time he got back to me, it looked like somebody had taken a giant water balloon full of blood and just threw it on him. Damn. Like, they, messed, they messed that boy up. Good. Um, Cyber, you know, he got, I think he got a, the, the, I don't think the dog actually got on Cyber. I think he was just on the ground with me while the dog was chewing on me. And the cop ran up and kicked Cyber in the nose and broke his nose. And, uh, and then they, pretty much broke that off between me and him and we ended up going obviously went to jail uh they had to when they released the next day the the marion county jail was in the basement so there's like you know four or five flights of stairs that you have to get up I don't, did you have you do you ever get locked up in marion county uh juvenile hall never actually the jail 
Okay, yeah. Yeah, because so, I was you young know, when you never, I moved You never in. had to climb the yeah, stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, because remember when I moved there, I was like young and shit. I was like still in high school. Like when, yeah, when we that's met right, and shit. Yeah. And then after that, I bounced out to Seattle. I think this, what year did you move to Indianapolis? 98. And then I moved to Seattle in like 2001 or 2002 or something. Okay, so yeah, this happened while this definitely happened while you were out there. Oh yeah, no, in, no in this, yeah, yeah, no. See, I heard about Skew told me the story, or I think Sure may have because I had met, I met Cyber one time before that happened, because uh, we went to his crib and fucking chilled and blazed out and shit. You know what I'm saying? You know we get down. You know we give it up. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and then like it, there was never no turn up mission because he lived the we there was two international writers at the time it was cyber and then there was this kid who uh was over at pike uh zeit and he was like fucking yeah, with right. the ka yeah. dudes so it was like yeah, two international. That was, yeah mm-hmm. that dude actually came to visit me when i was laid up in my bed hemmed up and healing up from the dog bites he came over and me and him painted like once or twice on some trains or something and but uh, yeah, I, I don't have too much, too many memories of that dude. I just remember yeah. he was around. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that's but uh, so uh, so yeah, we ended up going to jail. Obviously, they released us. They had to carry me up the stairs. My buddy that came and picked me up had to carry me into his car. They had to carry me up to the steps in my bed, and I couldn't walk for I don't know a month and a half, something like that. It was it, it tore up my leg pretty bad. But uh, and then uh, so we all went to court for it. Well. Uh, me and Demo did. Uh, Cyber just said, "Fuck it, move back to Budapest." Uh, he didn't want to deal with it, or I don't, I don't know what is what his a- actual reason for moving back to Budapest at the time was was for. But I do imagine that had a little something to do with it. Uh, so yeah, we went. Me and Demo went to court, and it was uh, we went together with a joint uh, uh, joint trial or whatever you call it. I, I don't know the technical court word for it, but uh, they. Uh, called us up in front of the judge and they were like, Hey, you know, you guys are being cleared of all your charges. You're free to go. Um, and that was it. So we turned around and we left and, uh, I think it was, you know, three or four weeks later, me both got, uh, letters in the mail saying that we had never showed up to court and that we had warrants out for us and all this stuff. So we had to go back to court and we ended up getting after not only having the crap beat out of us by the police and the dogs, uh, had to go back to court. We had to do, uh, I don't remember how much money it was in restitution. Uh, it was, oh, you know, a couple thousand, thousand dollars, something like that. I don't remember exactly. But uh, 80 hours of community service, um, <coughs> I think it was like a year, a year or so of probation and, mm all that stuff but yeah after you know we like i said we we straight up went to the court went in front of the judge they told us you're free to go all charges are being dropped and a couple weeks later we've got failure to appear notices in the mail saying that we never even showed up we got we got hosed tommy (laughs) that's fucking nuts but you know what's crazy is not only not only did the system fuck you in that regard like you showed up and then boom they they pull that but i i honestly believe in my heart that demo has ptsd 
from that experience probably still to this day. Do you think so? Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Have you, uh, me and him, I haven't seen him in a very long time. Have you I'm gonna seen tell you him something. recently, you know, the past 10 years well, or so? We, we talk like last time I saw, last 10 years, yes. Uh-huh. Um, like the last time, we, and we talk like, you know, I would say not as often as I like, probably like once every like six months or something or like once every nine months. But like my experience painting with the man is extensive. Right. And it's all post that uh, event. So it's like after that painting with them, it was like, yeah, man, like the, the level of like, uh, paranoia was like over 9,000 because like that was like a looming experience. You know what I'm saying? Like once some shit like that happens to you, then after that, every potential mission can be that again. And you never want to experience that. Um, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta say that it definitely, it definitely kind of did the same to me because that was pretty much the end of my freight career. And I definitely have been out been paying a train since then, but, Honestly, since then it's been it, not many. Like you know, back mm-hmm. then we were going out. We would do over the weekend, do fifteen fifteen freights easily over the weekend. You know, we just uh, butt was right across the street from the Hawthorne Yard at the time, so we go hang out over there, park our car, and just walk down there and hang out there all freaking weekend. Mm-hmm. But uh, then, yeah, after that happened, uh, my and demo's career definitely. Uh, definitely slowed down quite a bit as far as freights go mm-hmm. um then I, that, that was actually kind of when i took my little one to two year hiatus and kind of chilled out from graffiti for a little bit and but uh but yeah since then i've i probably maybe painted like 20 30 freights since then and shoot that's maybe like one a year mm-hmm. hitting them walls killing them walls yeah, yeah, definitely know. switched over to walls. That was for sure. Yeah, man. Uh, well, and the, and the thing is too is is with walls, you you have more control over the environment. I would say. Yes, definitely. You're you you don't have to worry about somebody running up on you, trying to arrest you. <laughs> over the I mean, wall, wall rolling away. That, What's that? Or the the wall rolling away? <laughs> yeah, or the wall rolling away, absolutely. Yep. It's been so long since I painted trains, I don't even have these memories anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I miss those days, though, man. That was, that was a lot of fun. I wish I was younger and a lot less careless, but at the same time, I'm definitely glad I'm not. Right. Yeah, man. You get that experience with that age, and you... You can, you know what I'm saying? It's like, all right, man, because the, the flavor is, yeah, it's definitely uh, you, you showing out. So now let's talk about some of your like, let, 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 let's let's get some some flex moments off, man. What would you, what would you say are some of your like your your most crown like looking back, some of your crowning achievements in graffiti, some of the like the jams you've painted, and you're like, damn, like that shit was fucking hella dope. Oh man, uh, like I don't know, like bombing or productions or just pieces. Okay, or... Well, just oh, in general, like if you were to think about like 
the three things in your graffiti like see and that's that's tight that you said all all of those it's not limited to you know what i'm saying like any of those yeah yeah what would be like the three it might be two over here one over here one you know what i'm saying yeah i think uh probably my first one man that's a good question <laughs> uh maybe my first memory of graffiti that was to me was like yeah i'm here this is what I'm doing. Uh, was probably uh, uh, basically when IWS and MUL kind of was going through their little battle, and uh, we were kind of just you know feeding off of each other. But that was when I did that uh, that bridge that me and you were talking about earlier, where me and you had met, mm-hmm. uh, where I hung out on the, the railroad bridge. And then uh, the other one was when me and Dose painted the big water tower on I seventy. Uh, uh, I think it ran for like maybe a month or so. They uh, didn't even want to climb it to buff it. They just tore the damn tank down. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so probably that. Um, I say uh, so that would be. Uh, I'll do one for each, like bombing, piecing, and uh, and productions. I guess uh, productions. I think my my most memorable moment for productions was probably when me sacred and sense did the uh monsters under the bed wall uh at five points in yeah. new york city yeah that was that was a lot of fun man we we gotta hang out and that was kind of me and me and sense's first time of really hanging out together and really getting to know each other i mean we've always been at the walls and hung out together but that was when we had sat in the car for, you know, eight hours together for the first time. And I think I made him listen to Jerry Garcia the whole time. <laughs> uh, that was, that was at my, my transfer, transfer of phases from punk rock to, to hippie. And yeah, I think all the way to, all the way to New York city. I think I made him listen to Jerry Garcia the whole time. But, uh, um, yeah, man, that was a lot of fun. Uh, met a lot of people, you know, definitely, it was the that was the first time we'd ever painted in New York City, and obviously New York City's like that's that's it, that's the mecca, that's you know, that Burger graffiti started. So to us, that was wow, we're here, we're on this wall, we're you know we're looking, we got to do it big, we got to you know we got to make sure we're remembered. And I think uh, I think that definitely definitely was a big one, um, and then uh, pieces. Uh, sorry. I'm just, out here walking around on the property and I just stepped over mountain lion poop. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Be safe though. Uh, yes. Don't worry. I got a, I got my pistol on me. Uh, pieces. Um, pieces. That was probably Columbus, Ohio. Uh, there's a jam that goes on there. Uh, I can't remember if Etch throws that jam. Uh, what's up, Etch? Shout out. Mm, shit. Uh, Shout outs to Etch, that dude. Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget about Etch and all those guys mm-hmm. out there in Columbus. They were a big part of NWA and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that was Etch the is the I homie. Forgot. Yeah. Etch and DeVore. Yeah. And DeVore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I went out to that jam in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, there was an open spot and I uh, I got out there and started buffing the wall and I you know I had no plans on painting with anybody it was just myself mm-hmm. and uh, I got half my half my wall buffed out and 
all of a sudden, uh, Heart, uh, Heart, T-Kid, and Ivory were at that jam. And uh, Park comes walking up, and he's got his can of buff. He's like, use that color. Use ours. You're going to paint with us. And he had no idea who I was. And But, yeah, I got to uh, I got to paint with Park, Ivory, and T-Kid. Mm, nice. Yeah, that was... That was that was a good one, man. That was uh, that was a lot of fun too. I, could, I, I had no no idea that that was going to happen. Like I said, I was just painting, getting ready to buff my wall out, and I turned around. And there's part, and I was like, "Hey, oh shit, what's up?" He's like, "Hey, now you're painting with us." And mm-hmm. He had no clue who I was. Like, no, I mean, I mean, that been my could have been my first time painting. He was just like, "Yep, you're painting with us." Mm-hmm. I've always liked Ivory's yeah. letters. Yeah, he's that dude's dope, man. But. uh yeah, all those dudes kill it, man. Part mm-hmm. and T Kid, Ivory, mm-hmm. they've been. Yeah. They're some of the some of the OGs, T-Kid, man. T Kid, yeah. yeah, are the OGs. What was that movie <laughs> he was in? Me, T Kid. He was fuck. What movie was fucking? Uh, damn, I'm probably thinking like of the Cope Two documentary. That Cope Two movie. That's probably what I'm thinking of. Shit. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember which one that one was. Yeah, that might have been that one. Uh, he's like bombing and shit, like some Cope 2 movie, and he had like T Kid and like hella other motherfuckers in there back in the. This was like late 90s and shit. Um, Cause there was like, that was like the age of like when hella graffiti uh, videos were coming out. Like the, 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 yeah. the onslaught of graffiti videos. Yeah. yeah. That shit was pretty funny. Back when it was like the line's toughest mm-hmm. and uh, videographs mm-hmm. and. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were those were kind of the the heydays, man, back then. Yeah, man. Yeah, for real. Yeah, there's fuck, dude. It, there's definitely a lack of you know, like the the appreciation for like physical media, like graffiti magazines that came out every month, and. uh you never knew what was going to be in that shit. You know what I'm saying? And then sometimes it'd be some fly shit. Sometimes you'd be like, man, why is this in here? Um. <laughs> man, magazine days were the best. That's, you know, there was separate, uh, and there was, there were still separate styles. There was still East coast style, West coast style, Chicago style, you mm-hmm. know, there was style, style according to you know, where you were from. And then, you know, internet came in and, destroyed all that and now everybody's kind of it's all over style now you know what i mean mm-hmm. like everything is just kind of blended together there's no more midwest style or east coast i mean there still is you know don't get me wrong but you know definitely the people that have been doing it for a while still have their own style but you know a lot of the new guys coming up it's they don't really get the uh influence from the local the local graffiti artists before them they just get online and oh i like you know blah 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 stuff and i'm gonna that's my new influence so i'm gonna learn how to paint you know this european style or you know this west coast bay area style or you know whatever style and it's that local influence just doesn't seem to be there so much anymore in my opinion i don't know maybe it is but Again, I also live out in the woods, way up in the middle of nowhere, and I don't talk to anybody anymore. So, <laughs> who, am I, who, who, am I to, who am I to say what's going on out there anymore? <laughs> oh man! So, what made you make that decision to like 
totally get away from all of the you know the glitz and glamour of graffiti to like go and you know relocate to the woods and switch it up yeah, you know, I still love the glitz and glamour and all that stuff or graffiti. You know, glamour has never really been my thing or whatever. But <laughs> I love graffiti, man. I love it. It's always good. It's always a part of me, man. I, you know, I still look at it every day. I, I don't draw nearly as much as I used to. And something I'm kind of planning on starting to do again here soon. I've got uh, a few friends from Creatures Chew that's planning on coming out this uh, spring. So I, got, I guess I need to prepare for that. But, uh, you know, I just... I. I went out to California to visit some friends, and this is, you know, I was still living up in, like, the Broderbull area, you know, and you know me, man, I was, life. I loved it, man, I was out every night, nightlife, hanging out, you know, partying, hanging out with all my friends and stuff, bombing, you know, painting all the time, and then I, I went out to California and got a taste of just small-town life, which, honestly, I don't know why I took California, because all my family was from southern Indiana and grew up in Brown County and hung out the woods all the time down there, so, you know, it was never really... I was always part of the country. I had like a 50-50 split of it growing up as a kid, growing up in Indianapolis and then going down and hanging out with my family down in the the country on the weekends or, you know, stuff like that. But, yeah, just I went out to California, man, and hung out with some friends out there. I was hanging out in this little town called Willis. Um, It's in Mendocino County. Uh, And, you know, I had a... I met a bunch of people that just lived out in the mountains and started, you know, living, living that lifestyle that, you know, trying to live off the land, you know, you know, support yourself and horticulture and, you know, just, you know, do everything yourself and live off the land and feed yourself and just quit relying on everything else but yourself, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I, I, I just fell in love with that lifestyle and I realized, you know, I was, from going from the city to to living out in the mountains and also, you know, having being out on the coast and the redwoods and I, the, the city, man, it, it depressed me. And I didn't realize that until I was able to get out of it. And, and it took me, I think, going somewhere else to appreciate the country as opposed to, you know, where I grew up. Cause you know, I was, it was just part of my daily, well, not daily life, but, you know, going down to hang out with your family and in the country, it's, yeah, you're still getting it, but it's, I, I, just, I don't know why I didn't get that same influence from the country there as what, well. maybe it must have been the mountains or it's the West Coast, the coast man. the Redwoods. And yeah, yeah, yeah California, it's the West coast, man. man. You know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yep, it's, it's a, it's a different animal out here, man. And so I don't know, I love it out here, man. I, every, every time I go back to the city, I just, I love going back to the city and seeing my friends and my family and all that stuff. But the whole time I'm just sitting there going, man, I can't be here. I feel like I'm just, you know, somebody release me back to the wild, please. I I, (laughs) I can't do this concrete, man. (laughs) It it just gets to me. There's, you constantly are hearing sirens and traffic or there's always somebody, there's always somebody right there, you know, with, you know, within a, almost like a hundred feet of you at all times. Noise pollution, right? Yeah, noise pollution, light pollution. You can't, man. I, I walk outside of my place here at night, and it is just like a. I I can't even explain the amount of stars I see out here. Mm. Man. It, it's amazing. It's it's beautiful out here. But yeah, I love. I I, I, I definitely became a country boy, and I. 
simple life and made me a happy person. And that's, I don't think I can, I, I, I had to go back to the city. I would obviously for, if, you know, if certain reasons came up or something like that, you know, who knows what those reasons may be, but I don't ever see myself going back out there, <laughs> Except, you know, but, but to visit friends and family and holidays and stuff like that. So, but anybody wants to, you're all, anybody's welcome to come out and visit here, bring a tent. And well, I'm right up against the National Forest, the BLM land. You'll see a bear, you may see a mountain lion, you know, or we'll shoot some guns, we'll, we'll do whatever the hell you want, pretty much. We're, we're out here. <laughs> oh, you got to excuse my hillbilly sometimes. I'm sorry. Man, get it off. Get, you know what I'm saying? Get it off. So, oh, I got a great story. So, uh, there is one time, uh, this is exclusive. Art and Bullshit okay. Podcast. So, uh, shit, this had to be like 99-ish, maybe. And uh, maybe, yeah, it had to be like 99. Because there was a writer's bench at Military Park. And uh, hella writers had went there. Mm-hmm, in Indianapolis. Oh, well- I'm trying to remember where Military Park was. Military Park was over by like IUPUI area. I must not have been at that. Bench, yeah, no, you I? weren't. No, you weren't. And like okay. that's what we're getting to because you're jumping ahead of the story. Thank you very much. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, and you'll see why you weren't at the party or at the uh, at the bench. So, Riders Bench Military Park. I go there and it's. Let's see. It's uh, there was hella motherfuckers there. I hate I hate to do this. To start start over. I had to I had to walk inside real quick and okay. ask my wife a question. And so mm-hmm. let the start start the question over. I apologize. Okay, okay. So the story. This is a this is a this is a great story that you'll probably remember. Okay. Once I get okay. to the part where you enter the story. But I have to tell it this way because it's a lot more entertaining, Bax. So just just roll yeah. with me, okay? Roll with me, nigga. Roll with me. All right, I got my shape. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so Riders Bench, uh, late '90s, Indianapolis. So there's a fucking. Uh, so we roll out, bang. We it's uh, me, sure and sure. <laughs> shout outs to sure for giving me some MDMA that night. Anyway, so me, sure, <laughs> skew. Bizarre demo roll out. Man, how do I ever forget to mention Skew? Sorry to interrupt, but mm-hmm. out of all we were giving crew shout out names, I don't know. Skew was in every one of those. I don't know. That, that boy's my homie. I don't know how I forgot to mention him. Sorry, Skew. <laughs> <laughs> see, anyway, sorry. Go ahead with yeah, your story. Yeah, we're man. touching. Yeah, we're touching. See, that's this is Indianapolis history right now. I got these stories. You yeah. don't have these stories if you wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. this is one of them kind of episodes. So we roll out to uh, Carmel, and there's a fucking kegger. Who's having the kegger? Bax is having a kegger. Hey, y'all, roll out. You tell us to roll out to the kegger. You had. A, oh, I remember the story. A yes. keg of <laughs> Killian's Irish Red, right? Because yes. you love Killian's, right? I, so yeah, that was my that was my drink at the time. That was definitely it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I think this. I was. I was twenty, or I may not have been twenty-one at the time. I remember. Go ahead, though. Mm-hmm. So see, now we here. Now, now you rocking with me. So we get there, and Bax is like, "Yo." 
And this is this 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 night was fucking insane because this was the night, Bax. Actually, I don't know if you remember this. In case you forgot, hold on, let me put the drop on. Art and bullshit. Let's get some air horns. Okay, so this was the night you actually put me and Bazaar down with IWS. You taught us the handshake. Five minutes later, a police officer. Oh, uh, shit, we had a handshake. Right? I forgot. Yes, there was a handshake. Right? <laughs> was embarrassing, man. Yeah, 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 there was a handshake. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I was there, right? So the, uh, the, it was in the clubhouse and then the, um, the what you call it, the uh, the campus rent-a-cop dude comes in and he looks at everybody. He looks at me and he's like, where's your ID? And then I was like, oh man, I left my shit. So then he starts asking everybody like where their IDs are at. Bong, uh, he's like, yo man, I'm about to call. So like, just to interrupt real quick, it wasn't a campus rent-a-cop. It was the, there was a local cop off duty that lived in the, it was an apartment complex. Mm. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. That makes the story even better. Yeah, I pl- and please add context because you were you. Know what I'm saying, like I said, you've always been ahead of the game. You've always been an older, like in the older uh, generation of, of graffiti writers. So yeah, okay, yeah. so check this out, y'all. Um. So then he's like, "Yo, man, I'm about to call fucking whatever, whatever." So he, I hear him like, "Yo," and we weren't even at that point. We weren't even like drinking or anything. We had just got there, you know, celebrating. Bax is like, you know, what I'm saying like, whatever, whatever, teaching us like uh, handshakes and all that good stuff. So then he goes to call the cops, and then I look, and dude, I'll never forget. There was a door that led out to the uh the pool area so i go out yeah. and i'm like yo i'm like yo Chris, I'm like, yo yo bitch shout out to chris davis yeah okay uh so i was like yo stay um stay right here so i go boom the door's open and then there's the fucking pool gate you guys the pool was outside so we all the riders were like we just break and we like go out the pool area like so because it was like fuck that we're no one's waiting for the police to get here so we all jump over the gate now no one knew that that the gate was was open right yeah yeah yeah. was the gate open yeah it was because here's what happened Uh. here's what happened the (laughs) gate was open but we were all too hyphy so i think it was like Bax was first and then like everybody else will like no we all get out they motherfuckers scatter we don't know i don't know where to go so it's like me Bax, and chris and we're all fucking we're following backs and then all i hear is motherfucker let let my brother go and they and sure and demo they had got demo uh so fucking the the motherfuckers it popped him and we're just breaking out so then we get to the spot Bax is like hey you guys hold it down like just chill fucking like don't like just stay right here so we're like damn this motherfucker got us on some underground railroad shit right now like he, he got us hiding now like on some quaker type shit like you know what i'm saying candles burning in the windows and shit right am i lying T- stop me if i'm lying stop no. me okay no that- no it was exactly it, 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 that's a good a good way a that was that for sure <laughs> that's what i'm saying like and if you wasn't there you couldn't tell the story so the thing is so then you your concern was was i need to go and get my keg of beer motherfucker like fuck what you talking about like i'm gonna go get this keg 
and that's what's about to happen. So you go to get the keg, and then on the way back, what the fuck happens? You drop the keg on your foot and broke your foot. Remember that shit? Oh, shit. That's right. I forgot. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I forgot that. Yeah. So then it gets better. So you get back, broken foot, keg in hand, and your girl at the time. I still got the keg back, right? <laughs> yeah, you did. With broken foot? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Dedication. Like, like people, like, I and I can speak to the pedigree because I saw this shit. So you get the keg back, and I'll never forget this shit, man. So we're uh we're holding it down in the apartment and it and it's like the chick's there, her pops comes out the room, and he's just like, Who the fuck are these black dudes in my <laughs> like who the fuck? And then you come back with the keg and at this and like you just dude, you looked at him and you said, Then this shit's so classic. <laughs> They're not going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like it was this moment of like this guy imagine imagine guys like late night two you come out two black dudes are like on the floor laying on the floor hiding in your living room and then like Bax comes back and he's just like nah these fools like nah man we're holding it down like so then Bax is like yo man hey it's like basically uh they got fucking they got demo fucking and uh, everybody else is gone, and they're just looking for two black guys right now. So you guys chill, <laughs> and I'll give you a ride back in the morning. <laughs> yep. You took off, mm -hmm. and uh, he hit across the street in, like, some tall grass in a mm -hmm. construction area or mm -hmm. something like that for several hours, if I remember right. Yep. Yep. I, I know he got away, and it was just, it was just them on shore that got arrested, wasn't it? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah see that's hilarious yeah man you don't get these stories anywhere else man uh i forgot all about that one man that's that that was a classic one for sure mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah man crazy shit the pro so my question is is like after the whole broken foot situation like how long did it take you to get back to graffiti I probably didn't stop then. It was just a broken foot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that ever ever slowed me down was the the police dogs, mm -hmm. and then uh, it didn't really slow me down. It just changed my changed my direction as as far as what I was doing, and you know, I'm old enough that you know I, I probably shouldn't be doing trains and stuff anymore, risking everything that I've got going and. Yeah, you know, not trying to sound like a, a pussy or nothing, but you know, it's, it comes a point in your life where what you got going on in your life is a little bit more important and not worth the risk of losing. So mm -hmm. that's I just changed my that's uh, started hanging out with uh, Sacred and Sense more, and uh, we had all I, like I you know I kind of taken a, a little hiatus for a little while, and I kind of jumped back, and that was when. Uh, Sacred and Sense has started doing subsurface and, you know, seeing those guys doing the walls out there and me not painting those, they, they started to inspire me to come back out again. And that was when I switched over to doing walls and legal walls and we're just super duper, duper chill spots. And 
you know, some abandoned warehouses and under bridges. We, you know, we love under bridges. That's really our favorite. Anything creekside, riverside, water, man, that's, that's my spot right there. <laughs> oh, give, me, okay. give me a nice wall with a creek or a river flowing behind me. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. All day. Please. <laughs> mm, right. Okay. That see, and that's interesting, and because it kind of it it answers or it it's it sort of sheds some light because I always like the because where you're the the when you say like you know sacred and since I and like how you started painting with them more I was like that sort of makes sense from like that part of the graffiti career to that part of the graffiti career because for me you know, with my graffiti career, uh, like our relationships, like we have, it's kind of like a web with writers and stuff. Like we kind of, our paths kind of converged and they diverged at points. But I was wondering like, and this is a, this is a great question. I, I would think like, how did it go from like, uh, cause like IWS, th- there was a point where like creep, I think he got out and then like he kicked everybody out. Right, because you called you called me and you were like, "Hey, like, because we were you put us down, and then creep. I think he got out, and then he he you called me. And you were like, when he got out of jail, yeah, and you were like, "Hey, man, yeah. you guys gotta like quit right in the crew." Yeah, we went through a little phase. We were just like, "Yeah, if they're graffiti artists and cool, just throw them down. We're we're all good. Just we'll have fun." But creep took it a little too serious and. Uh, that was when all that handshake stuff, that was when uh, Dose and Real, uh, they were kind of taking over the crew, and they had both went and became Masons, Freemasons. And you know how Freemasons are. They mm-hmm. go through that whole <coughs> ritual, nooses around your neck, and handshakes, and rings, and you know everything like that. So they wanted to bring that aspect of Freemasonry, again, now this shit's getting embarrassing, man. But uh, they wanted to bring that aspect over to, like, letting people into the crew. So, we, you know, we had mm. rituals and handshakes and uh, I won't get into the rituals, but did, did you, yeah, did you no, go through we, that stuff? Oh, we no, we you? never, uh-uh, no, it was a handshake and, and that was kind of, you like, dude, we're like, we don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, and for me, it's interesting because... I, I think I met Dose and Real maybe once, and it was in separate contexts. I think Real did like a mural thing, or like he had like some kind of mural program or something, and I met him through that. But it was basically my you were basically the uh, the link and the plug from from IWS, like in my relationship wise. So uh, yeah, yeah, and it was kind of like. And I get what you're saying as far as like creep took it a little bit more seriously. I think that you had, I don't know if you realize the eye for talent because it's like, but between, because there was, Zom was already down with IWS. uh, And then like, so like those KA guys, they were down, but then the one, the people that you added, I felt like, and this is interesting, it was kind of like the Duke basketball team, like how Duke had that championship run because you added me, 
uh, Bazaar, Velcro, and Drew Seven, all four of which conveniently would all be recruited by UPSK, which is fucking hilarious, right? And we went in to like put major fucking work. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Shouts to uh, West Seattle. Yeah, so. Well, yeah, but, uh, so the UPS, cake, the UPS crew, that was, that was from Seattle? Yeah, that was a Seattle crew. So I moved to Seattle and basically met up with those guys. And then, like, some of them came back to Indy. And then uh, through that, like, all four of us ended up, you know, getting into that crew after, you know, a long story uh, of, like, you know, the Seattle chapter of my graffiti career or the first part of it. But, uh yeah. It's interesting because like we started off in that circumstance and then like later on we were put into a, uh, into another vehicle and then the ones who like, you know, Drew, Biz, they, they kind of retired. Me and Vel, we, I would say we're retired, but are like, we have great runs and like, you know, we're Googleable names. <laughs> so that's kind of right. tight. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just, <laughs> I think that it's like the scouting like, I don't think Creep understood what he had at that point in time. And that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you would, you yeah, saw. Yeah, I definitely like, put you guys down because, you, you know, you definitely proved yourself to me as far as you're going to go out and you're going to crush it. You're, mm-hmm. You were dedicated, man. That was, that was for sure. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, you guys were definitely dedicated, man. That was, you guys, you guys came in and I, I remember, uh, well, the first thing I think it was, on like 38th and uh, either Collins or Keystone, I don't remember, but somewhere down there, I remember I started seeing a bunch of UE tags and oh, rest mm-hmm. tags, and yeah, then it just grew from there, man. I was all right, who are these guys? And that was, you know, carried over to we met you at that spot. Yeah, that was that. I think that too definitely impressed me that day. I was like, man, these dudes just don't care. They're out here in the middle of the day on a highway spot, you oh, know, yeah. one, two o'clock in the afternoon. They don't give a crap. They're just going for it. Right. Well, and you know what changed for me, though, honestly, what I I would say a thing, there are a few things that kind of helped my uh, growth and development as a graffiti writer. I would say one of the first things was sure and my relationship with him because, like, getting into trains, that was like he was like the catalyst for, like, getting into trains you know what i'm saying like yo here's all the spots here's the ghost yard here's like yo let's go to chicago and hit some fucking auto racks less whatever whatever you know so um even though like i kind of earned stripes bombing in indy my love has always been like freight trains you know what i'm saying and that's kind of been like yeah. my my thing uh that i really fucking enjoy but yeah uh, i agree with you man i Freights are, if, like I said, if I didn't have the responsibilities and, you know, the PTSD of being chewed up by the police dog, mm-hmm. I would probably still be, still, still love freights, man. I, I still have a thing for them. They're just something about, I'll chase them down and, you know, any artist chases them down and we'll actually stop at the, the railroad and wait for the train to come and purposely get stuck just to watch trains and stuff, man. I, I still do that, you know, I, I love trains, though. It's one thing I'll never stop. I miss hopping on them, hopping them everywhere. And just, I don't know. That, there, there's just something about a train, train lifestyle, painting mm-hmm. them, hopping them, being around them. Even though, you know, I talk about how much I hate the city and all that stuff, but, you know, the, the train sounds and stuff like that, that's still one thing that, that's relaxing to me. Actually, that's my 
my uh, ringtone on the phone as a train horn. My wife hates it. But. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I was thinking about, as you say this, the transition back to Walls, uh, a spot that you probably have a lot of stories about, American Tent. Yes, that, that was a good wall. We uh, we were definitely that was the American Tent Wall was the first uh, that was the, that's the first noted actually production uh, themed production that was done in Indianapolis. Um, it was on the back side of that on the tra- on the track side. Uh, it was me, Demo Shore, Next, um, Real. Uh, pretty sure me, Dental Shore, Real Sex. Like, I'm pretty sure Mutt was on that. Mm-hmm. And I think that was it. But we did a toxic waste scene, and that was uh, definitely the uh, the first production. And you, um, did you ever meet Next by any chance? But he he wasn't really. I don't think he so. Kind of, he, he went off in a different direction and did other things. He got into tattoos and stuff like that. But uh, just uh, for information out there uh within the past week he was uh hit by a car pretty bad mm. uh, he boned and uh, he was in a coma for several days i believe i just you know i got a message from dose the other day explaining this to me and but uh he uh he came out of his coma and i believe he's not able to talk or communicate right now um but uh yeah everybody just be, be thinking of next man he was a, a big part of all the everything we're talking about right now, and uh, he's him and his family are are definitely dealing with some things right now that are just it's it's insane. <laughs> so yeah, man. he's he's going through it right now, man. Just thoughts to him, pray for him, whatever whatever y'all do. I just think of help you know send good good positive vibes out to our guy. Yep, for real. Prayers up to next man, for real. But uh, anyway, so I'm sorry, what were we talking about there? The, the tent wall. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was the first production on that wall. Um, and then uh, we all, pay, I remember we painted the windows up on top, and that's actually mm-hmm. still the piece I did. I think I did that. We did that in 96. Um, the piece I did is still currently writing to this very day, and I believe that is one of the oldest writing pieces in, in the city of Indianapolis. Uh, it was just a trashy little back stamp, man. It was horrible. But uh, me, next, real, and demo ashore all got up on there. And uh, mine, I think there's one other one out of the four that are still writing. I don't remember. I'd love. I, I, I hope it's next. Um, I can't say for sure. I mean, that would be awesome if it was. Uh, but I, there's still one other window that's still writing. Um, and I think the homie exhaust got up on one too, and I believe that one. That one might might be riding. Shout out to Exhaust. What's up, buddy? But uh, um, so yeah, well, I don't know what else you want to know about the tent wall. That that wall's got some history, man. It it it, it was a stepping stone for a lot of things, and I don't know. I guess I shouldn't say a stepping stone, but mm-hmm. it, it was yeah. I don't know. It, it was a stepping stone, definitely. Brought you know a lot of productions to the city, and Sacred mm-hmm. and Sense got uh, a B crew. They kind of got uh, one of their first. Uh, First famous productions where they did the day versus night thing on there, and that kind of that's kind of when the whole production thing shifted for everybody was when they those two did that production by themselves. Um, uh, was that was a, a, a 
was definitely a stepping stepping stone for the IWS crew and myself. Uh, but yeah, that wall was a big part of Subsurface. Um, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think was was that the original? That wasn't. Did we? Did, was Subsurface started on that wall, or was that was Subsurface was uh, was started on that wall and uh, um, concrete building, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I've only I painted Subsurface once. Um, yeah, and that was like with Velcro and Choke, and then like I think Versus and Salem were on the part to the right of us. Um, okay, so that was on the the that cabinet was on wall the one. side. Yeah, that was on the other side. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from you know, if you went down the tracks where the old concrete, uh, uh, it was a concrete company that was down on Shelby. Mm-hmm. Uh, that big long wall uh, where the train track went over. You remember that one? Mm-hmm. That was part of subsurface as well. And I think they was kind of separate, but they were the the same event at the same time. You just you know it was a a mile long walk to, to each wall or something like that. But uh, but yeah, that was that was the first time I even painted subsurface was the the kitchen wall, and that was kind of my coming back from my my hiatus and came back out and started meeting a lot of guys and yeah, yeah. uh started doing a lot more traveling and that was that was kind of yeah that wall was it's it was good I, so i i i keep hearing different things that you know sometimes i i hear that wall is not legal anymore but then i hear that wall is still legal and the, the owners don't want it painted anymore but then I go back and I see people still paint it. And you, you probably don't have any answer to that either, dude. Yeah, I would have to make yeah. some calls if it, I'm so out of the loop yeah. on that. That'd you be know a question for Sense or yeah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, Sense or one of them guys. Yeah, 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 man. You know, uh, one thing that's funny is we had talked about demos, but uh, one thing that I learned from like it's like I learned freights from Shore, but one thing that I learned from demo was we were able to go in and get uh, some legal walls. Like we got Midwest concrete. So like we had painted that one and then we had got Midwest auto, which I think stuff is still running over there. And, uh, we basically that was the reason the pit wall is legal also, or was legal for that. Mm-hmm. He's the whole wall got legal. He went and talked to the, uh, the owner. And I believe that she was a, Hair and art student or teacher, I could, you know, again, I'd be 100% wrong on, but she, she was an artist of sorts, the, the wife of the owner of the building, and uh, she was the one that, you know, kind of led the way for that wall to become become legal, allow, allow the artist on there. Yeah, that shit was But yeah, demo, demo, demo was definitely the one that got that wall legal, too. I was... That was back in '96, and I believe that was one of the. He was responsible for the Drakes, uh, mm-hmm. Evan Shore, and, and just about any little wall. And then, kind of later on, it uh, that all became IWS's thing was the walls, and uh, IWS kind of, I, I guess, kind of keeper of the walls in Indianapolis. I guess I, I don't know, but that's yeah. Well, I think that it was became the wall guys. Yeah, it well, it, it was like uh, how you say it. There was like different. You had different movements 
doing different things like special like uh that's what Sa- that's what sin said he on the first time he was on the show he was like we all specialized in different things right so like yeah they were actually i feel like uh where, where demo was he would he could go in and get a wall but it was interesting though because when he and i went in like we had a pamphlet and it was all his artwork but he was just like james you could just do the talking so i just like was just like yo so, just he made you, demo made you do the yeah, yeah, and I'm fine because you know that's that's what's up. It's all good. Uh, well, you're probably a lot more professional than than demo was. I mean, much yeah. loved, uh, much loved the demo, but uh, you know, you know how he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every sure. other, every third word was fuck. Yeah, yeah, no, and he understood that. So that's that. That was a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah. I think, and, and I say that to say, like the, I don't think that. Like, I think that the the focus this sack and sense had was more like the they were in the position to forge like, okay, we're going to do this mural thing like, you know, from practicing under the bridges to like going to Heron to like pushing that shit to the streets. Right. So like like there was like a trajectory. Well, not only that, but like, cause Demo was an art student too. But like, I feel like the yeah, that's true. Like, there's a when you have a a split between like I love trains, and then like I can kind of go in and get walls, but then like I cannot talk to niggas and just go paint trains. I might just not want to talk to niggas and paint trains. You know what I'm saying? Whereas like, so then that's kind of <laughs> where your your attention goes, and then you 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 create a legacy, and you know you you uh you cement that part of that part of graffiti. So I, I say that to say, um, I, I see like why the, why everything like why it ended up the way it, it was. It, it's like natural tra- trajectories. You know what I'm saying? Like the idea, like sack and six cents. And then like you guys, like I would say more so reforming IWS, right. With like them. Cause it was kind of like, IWS 2.0 with like you, Gems, Sack and Six Sense, and then Creep, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like with that particular um, with with that vehicle, it's like all right, this is our this is our focus, and then we can kind of hone in our time on like murals and like productions, uh, and that pack and that package. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's 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 the way I look at it. Um, yeah, man. Whereas, like, my natural trajectory was like uh, more scumbaggery. Like, we were. I wasn't like we were just like, cause dude in Seattle was like trains and like degenerate bombing and like that was basically it. Like we weren't like the UPS shit wasn't, and it's still not. I mean, shout outs to the to the young cats like still killing like. I went, I drove up there and those motherfuckers, like, they got it. I mean, shiz, they up there, they outside, tough. But um, the, it's like, I I see when I look at that particular uh tribe of like writers, it's like that, it it fit what I was doing, like in my, uh in my particular type of shit. It's kind of like, like in, in fine art, there's like schools of like painters and shit, like landscape painters, like they, you know what I'm saying? They'll be like hella landscape painters or like hella portrait painters and shit like that. It's the same with graffiti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
But um, moving forward, because we, we we touched on a lot of shit in the past. Hey, remember that warehouse that was kind of tight on the, uh, fuck, it was kind of like on the, like downtown-ish? The IWS uh, warehouse? A couple of them. Um, I'm trying to do, you, can you think of one specifically? Uh, yeah, because there were two of them, weren't there? Yeah, there was, they were kind of uh, on the east side of downtown a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure um, I think one was the uh, RCA plant. Mm. I think that, yeah, yeah, they, they were kind of recent within mm-hmm. the past, like, 10, 10 years. Yeah, uh, one was the RCA plant. And uh, uh, that's they tore that down now completely. And then uh, another one was over. I think it's uh, been rehabbed, or I don't know what's going on with it now. But uh, yeah, those were those were a lot of fun. We we uh, me and Sense kind of lived somewhat within walking distance of those places. I wouldn't say you know easily walking distance, but there was a couple times we just go get dropped off over there and hang out and paint and just throw our go in the cold and you know throw our gear on and just walk home and so yeah those, now do you miss that fun, indiana man. cold i love i love painting those do i miss the indiana cold no <laughs> i that's something i like about out here uh i'm in southern oregon man i'm like uh in a little town called cave junction we're about five miles north of the california border mm-hmm. between uh uh I'm not sure if you know where Grant's Pass is. Uh, we're about 45, 40, 45 miles south of Grant's Pass, you know, between uh, here and, uh, uh, oh, damn, I can't think of the name of the uh, coast town over there, uh, Crescent City. Mm, okay, okay. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're way out here, man. We're uh, in a little valley, uh, Illinois Valley, but, uh, um, oh, sorry, I what was the question again? Yeah. What, were we, what were we talking about? Yeah, we all move forward in the current times because we we did we did like a, a buck thirty on the past, so now we here we in the present. So yeah. being out there, uh, I'm curious as to how is it like? How's the climate with the whole country being shut down and you know COVID and everything? Like, how is it? How are you taking to it? And how's the the climate up there in the community? So right here, man, we're. Um it's a small town, so I mean, we definitely, you know, things have been shut down and stuff, but uh, not not completely. But you know, it's a small town. We all we all know how to live off the land, and we don't rely on stuff like that. So you know, my lifestyle hasn't changed much at all. I work in the woods. I run chainsaws, fog trees, mill lumber. Uh, I own my own portable sawmill business. Um, so I don't have very much interaction with people anyway, and you know, it's kind of funny that you know you don't realize that until something like this COVID thing happens where everything's shut down. Everybody's like, oh, you know, we can't go hang out with our friends and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm just sitting here like, what's wrong with you guys? It's, this is normal. Why do we got to go hang out with people? Go go enjoy yourself. And, but, yeah, I, I, my lifestyle has not changed one bit except for I got to wear a mask in the stores um, and again, you know, the small town I live in, we have probably about 30% of the businesses here don't require a mask. Um, people do wear them. Some people don't. Uh, it's, you know, like I said, nothing's really changed for me. So it's besides painting, I've 
slowed down on painting. I can't really go up to the larger cities and paint with some of my friends up there, uh, Portland and Eugene and Salem and, you know, places like that. Just because of a large number of people, like, try to avoid those areas right now. And uh, so we just stay out here in the woods and keep to ourselves. <laughs> Now, I'm curious, man, just, so do you hunt when you're out? Like, do you do much hunting or do you fish or anything? No. Um, so we're, our, our long-term goal is to go up away, like I've been saying. We want to be able to uh, start keeping our own animals, goat, sheep, chickens. Uh, we used to do this uh, back when I lived in Indiana for a little while and some down in California. Um uh, we're kind of at a standstill right now. We bought a piece of land here in, uh, in this town, and uh, when we bought it, it was completely raw. There's no, meaning there's no well, no septic, no house, no house pad. There, there wasn't a driveway uh, to get onto the property. We had to bring in an excavation company and, you know, put a driveway and culvert. And we, there wasn't an address for this piece of land when we bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we're in the process of doing that. Um, so what we're, at, what we're at a halt with right now is um, in order to do anything on a piece of property, the first step is to get a well. Uh, so we uh, we got a, we had the well company come out. Uh, they witched it, you know, did the little uh, uh, oak twig stick thing, you know, with a little walking through the woods, a little piece of uh, Y-shaped twig. And when you go over water, it bends down naturally. Oh, they went through shit. and did that. And I go, okay. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's cool. Uh, and he put it in my hand. I was like, here, watch it. Just do it. And it's sure shit, man. It, it, that stick moves on its own. Okay, wait. Uh, so time out. You can't hold on time out. So is it a special stick? Because I thought that was some cartoon it, shit. It, no, it's for real. Um, it has to be, I, I, I believe it has to be within a certain, it's got to be like an oak stick, something pretty porous and requires a lot of water. Um, and it's got to be a, a Y-shape. Um, I don't know if there's a certain width on it or not, but I believe the stick has to be within a certain diameter. Um, but yeah, they just walk around with it in their hand, loose, and that's when it goes over a, a sufficient amount of water, it will dip down and point at the water. So it's pretty crazy. I was I was definitely impressed. And like I said, I, I put it in my hand and did the same thing. So it's it's not a joke. It's, uh, it really works. <laughs> hey, Bax, you was like, is this nigga trying to David Blaine me right now? <laughs> uh, right? Like, I'm about to give this, this guy a lot of money, and he's over here with a stick. <laughs> like, I got a stick. Right? You want how much Here's my Man. stick. You give me that much money. <laughs> okay, I got so- sticks. I live in the woods. <laughs> I didn't know a stick was $8,000. <laughs> So, so, yeah, they, they marked the, the well site. They came and dug, and they missed. I got a $5,000, 180-foot uh, hole on my property. Wow. <laughs> it's got a little bit of water in it. Um, so to build a house, you have to, um, your well has to produce uh, three gallons a minute minimum. Um, this produces just under a gallon a minute. So it's not enough to be permitted to build, but once we get our livestock and stuff like that on the property, I'll put a um, hand uh, solar pump on it 
and uh, we'll use that to feed the livestock. Mm, okay. uh, any backup uh, water storage or anything like that we need. But, uh, yeah, we're in the process of right now. We're, we're uh, almost saved up, getting pretty close, going to have them come back out and try to dig another well. Um, they've got to do some excavation and dig a drive and stuff up to it. It's over on our wooded side of the of our property. Uh, so they got to do that. And then once we get the well dug, uh, we'll be able to start doing stuff with the property and uh, stuff like that. So currently right now we're, uh, uh, like I said earlier, you got to excuse my hillbilly, but, you know, we're living in our RV, uh, tiny house style. Um, I uh, just recently built a little addition, uh, like I said, on a, uh, a portable bill. I own my own, I turn logs into lumber and, Build up all the lumber and build a little uh, 10 by 20 uh, addition onto the RV. I just pull the RV in and out if we want to go anywhere. A fire comes raging down the hill. I can pull all my stuff out, and, uh, which actually did happen to us this year. We had to evacuate our property. Uh, there was, uh, 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 I can't think of the name of the fire now. Was uh, it Santa Rosa? Camp, no, no, that was, that was another fire. That one was... Uh, three or four years ago. We'll get into that one in a second. Uh, this one was just this past summer, uh, came up on our hillside. We had the, our whole road was evacuated. Uh, we were, me and my wife were, we pulled out and we were staying over at my boss's property for about a month or so until we were allowed to come back. Uh-huh. But, uh, the fire, it got about maybe two to three football fields away from my property. Um, they've cut out cat road all over, all over the land behind us. We've got BLM land, which is Bureau of Land Management. Uh, um, so it's all kind of like public land. You camp on it, do whatever you want on it. You just can't build or uh, uh, do anything like that on, on the land itself. But you can just free it up. Okay, wait, right, hold on. Bikes and stuff like that. Yeah, okay, go ahead. Okay, so I, I got a question because I don't, oh, we haven't even talked about that shit and you don't know. So I'm getting into hiking and shit, right? I'm about to like, hit up national parks and shit so when you say blm land do you have to like go on and reserve like the campsite online or how does that work so blm land it's bureau of land management you can look it up Uh um it's pretty much just free public land um uh there are some restrictions i i I don't know them i am not a blm manager forestry department or anything like that (laughs) <laughs> but you are allowed to camp out on them for free. You're not allowed to, you know, camp out there for months. You know, like you, you get like a day or a couple of days at a time. Um, you can't just go prop your squat and stay up there for months or years or, you know, anything like that. But, uh, but, yeah, they're pretty much just public access land to go hike around on. And um, behind my piece of property, we have 40 acres of BLM land, which we hike around on quite a bit. Uh-huh. And then cornering that is the Siskiyou National Forest. So we go up and hike a, hike into the National Forest. Mm. You know, I'm I'm within uh, a 20 minute hike from the front my front door. Within 20 minutes, I can be on National Forest property. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I'm close, but I ain't that close. Yeah, it's I can well, I can't see it right now because we're so over. But where I'm sitting outside right now, I can almost see the National Forest. Yeah, man. Yeah, we. Uh, it's amazing. You got to come up here sometime, man. I'd yeah. love to have you. I mean, like I said, we're uh, we're we're RV living. I've had a. Uh, uh, oh God, damn it! I'm having a brain fart right now. Uh, MFK. Um, sorry, buddy. I'm like exhaust. Ah. 
Huh? Was it exhaust? No. Um, uh, Damn it, honey. What Pacer was, uh, or Berlin? No, it was just the characters. Like, man, he's so, I feel so bad. He's a good friend. I can't think of what he writes. Yes. Yes. But he does all the super realistic characters, the hands and... Um... Uh, uh, he, he's from the West Coast. He's from out here. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say his real name. Yeah, I don't think I've met him. Yeah, I don't think I've met. He's that. been out here. Okay. That's yeah, tight. he came out and visited once for a few days. There's a little bridge. Yeah. Right down the street from where I'm at, that me and him painted, and oh, nice. uh, he did a. Um, uh, damn it again! I'm having a brain fart. <laughs> uh, not Tom Selleck, but Reynolds. Uh, oh yeah, that was that one. Yeah, we'll put that on the thing. Okay, yeah, I saw it. That shit was hard. Yeah, 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 it was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Harris, man. Sorry, buddy. I I can't believe I had that brain fart. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's super cool. Came out here, camped out in the front yard. Uh, man, had a good old time. We got a that spot we painted. It's uh, like I was saying earlier, man. I love bridge spots with rivers and streams and creeks yeah, behind me, and uh, it's you know about a mile high, mile walk from my place, and it's you know. Uh, Outhouse Creek, and we go down there and hang out all summer when it gets hot. 110 degree weather, we're hanging out down there under the bridge, and we're gonna start, you know, trying to get that painted and stuff. So, you know, get up here, come hang out, man. We yeah, got, man. I got a wall for you to paint with me, and we're yeah, trying to get the Sinker and Sense came out here one time, and we did uh, some friend of mine. Obviously, where where I'm at on, on the West Coast, everywhere just about, but specifically mm-hmm. we're. Everybody up here grows cannabis and all that stuff, and it's a you know huge everywhere out here. But uh, Sacred and Synth came out. And I got a friend that lives uh, here in town, and he's got a bunch of greenhouses. And me, Sacred and Synth, went over and painted their greenhouses, and they did the same thing. They camped out. Uh, we actually built. Uh, so with the RV, we have a toilet and all that stuff, obviously, but uh, it's not really enough to, to handle guests and stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, Sacred and Synth came out, and we. The three of us built an outhouse, and there's a there's everybody to poop in. Oh <laughs> shit! Nice, nice. Yeah. Okay, there you yeah, go. It's, it's, it's pretty nice too, man. It's all a lot of lot, made from a lot of cedar, so it's you know bugs and all that stuff stay out of it. Hey. But uh, okay. no, it's, yeah, it's man, a nice outhouse, man. That's that's literally, man, cruise shit. I mean, cruise <laughs> shit. That's hilarious, <laughs> man. Good stuff. So, hey, man, hey, Max, how you feel about conspiracy theories, man? You fuck with conspiracy theories? No, I'm definitely into it, man. I don't trust my government to shit. <laughs> For damn sure. I mean, I, I don't know if you want to get into let's that. Get, yeah, beliefs, man, man. We, we hit the art. Now let's hit the bullshit. People. All right, let's hit the bullshit. I forgot to do this bullshit podcast too, isn't it? <laughs> it's already bullshit. Yep, we hit it all. Yep, yes, sir. Yeah, man. <laughs> so that well, uh, I don't know. What do you want to bullshit? Okay, so yeah, we gonna start and we'll just we'll we'll get all over. Yeah, the conspiracy theory joint. So now you felt you think like the vaccine? You think that that's some some government shit? So we'll talk about what's happening. Man, you know, so. There's definitely the conspiracy theories of Bill Gates and all that, you know, putting a microchip in it. And I don't know if I, you know, I do believe in conspiracy theories. I don't know if that's necessarily one I believe in or not. Um, you know, my only issue with the vaccine is we, we, we don't know the long-term effects. So 
it will never have a long-term effects until long-term has came around. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're definitely dealing with, you know, side effects now. It's causing um, some people's faces to paralyze temporarily. Uh, there's some other things, that, uh, some other side effects. Like, I, I can't specifically remember them right now. But, man, I read all, I read this stuff all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's all conspiracy, so I don't know if it's true or not. It's media, you know, who knows what media to believe. Everybody's got their media that says it's true and, you know, whatever, it's, it's all, it's all theories though. But but yeah, that's my issue with the vaccine, man, is I just, I don't know the long-term effects of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just trying to be the reality side of it. There's, you know, there's there's the right side and the left side. And then, uh, you know, there's, there's three sides to every story, the my side, their side, and then there's the truth. So (laughs) most of the stuff that we hear on either side is never the truth. And you got to put it together and figure out your own truth. But mm. so, yeah, I don't know. And I, 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 I definitely, you know, there's definitely a, a, a virus out there. I'm not denying that by any means, but I think, you know, some of the, the shutdowns in certain cities, I think, you know, maybe some of those, in my opinion, you know, it might be a little, a little strict or some of the rules, but, you know, then again, that's just, you know, my opinion. I know some people are, completely for it. They just want to shut their city down and, you know, mask everything and don't go anywhere. Just, you know, let's stay home and shelter in place and all that stuff. And, you know, I just, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I kind of, uh, I kind of, kind of go with the herd immunization side of it all. You know, it's the only way we're going to truly become immune to it is if, you know, we do get it, and, you know, the reality of it is is some people are going to die, and, you know, that sucks, but, you know, there's nothing we can do about it. Death is a part of life, and, you know, we're going to die from something. Um, unfortunately, you know, some people, unhealthy people, elderly people are going to, you know, affected by COVID, and, it, you know, they, that's, that, that's a sad thing, but it's, I, I think that, you know, it's a little bit too much government control on on that side of it, but mm. again, I live out in the country, and you know, I don't talk to anybody, so I don't, I don't live where you know I'm a hundred foot from somebody at all times, so right, I, I don't right. have that aspect of it either. So, and you know, I've got I've got friends and family all back in Indianapolis, and you know, I can't go back and visit them because of this, and you know, it's the, you know, I I know I can drive back and stuff like that, but it worries me that you know it's going to become like a mandatory vaccination to be able to fly or. Yeah, enter certain yeah. states or certain buildings or certain venues or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, and I, 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 again, I just don't, without knowing the long-term effects of a vaccine or, you know, it, even if the, the microchip thing is true, you know, I don't, I don't want to be microchipped. I don't want to, I don't want to end up, you know, four years from now calling the phone number that you see on TV. Did you, were you, did you get the COVID-19 vaccination in 2020? Well, you may be liable to blah, 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 and this much money, and, you know, call us at, you know, I, I don't want to deal with that, you know, 20, you know, 20 years from now. So, uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's all new, man. It's one of those things. It's, you, you, there's no, nobody really knows the true answers. So I, 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 don't, I don't really know what else to say. It's, it's mm-hmm. a crazy times right now, man. Yeah. So now, what are some lesser-known conspiracies that you fuck with? You know, I I somewhat believe that you know Hollywood and 
the government is in on the pedophile rings and stuff like that. And not saying, you know, all of them, but mm-hmm. I definitely believe, you know, that stuff is out there. Uh, Joe Biden creeps me out, man. Uh, I don't know, a lot of those guys, they, uh, any politics, man, uh, mm-hmm. any politicians, I just, I don't trust them. It's, you know, they're, I look at them as, you know, most people in this world, they find their thing, they find their niche, you know, they go work, they find their art, they find a way to make their own money. Even if, you know, they find a job that's working with somebody else, they find a way to make their own money. In my opinion, a politician is somebody that cannot figure out who the hell they are, so they're going to go get a job off your money. Mm-hmm. So, I just, I think they're all assholes. I don't trust anyone of them. None of it should be. It shouldn't be a business. That's what it's became, you know. Back when the country first started, you know, you most people that became president or any politician, senators, they didn't want to. They didn't want to be put into that position, but they were voted into it, and they did their time. They did their their duties, and when it was over, they didn't get benefits from being president or you know all that. They just went back to work. They went back to normal life. That's. You know, that's what, that's what all that stuff should be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't become this business, big corporation thing that it is now. You know, we, Nancy Pelosi, Schumer, I mean, there's guys on the right, too. You know, they've been in, in it for 20, 30, 40 years, some of them. And, you know, there, there's got to be a cap on that shit, man. Yeah, man, career politicians, right? It's, it's scary. I mean, they just get so much power, and and it's just... It's scary to me. Right, right. I mean, yeah, we definitely live in a, in a crazy time. So, like, so my question is, like, with with the conspiracies that are going on, with, like, your uh, background in, like, I would say, and correct me if I'm wrong, would, would you say boots to the ground grassroots graffiti writer? Would you say that that's on your resume? That that they would what they no I would say that you are because I would like your your background I would say you're a boots to the ground grassroots graffiti writer would you not would you say that about yourself Yeah I I, I can agree with that Yeah Okay Okay because that's like when I when I think of you like I think of you of that ilk like that's if somebody were to say like describe this motherfucker to me you know what I'm saying like. Boots to the ground, mm-hmm. grassroots graffiti writer, OG in the game, big homie. Hold on, let me give you a round of applause real quick. <laughs> okay, all right. So I, I have to give it up for real. No, because respect due. So my question is: is like, uh, so going through that, and then like with you know the world changing and everything, like, uh, and us having like as adults like you know tax paying citizens shouts for all the shout outs to all the taxpayers out there um and like you uh (laughs) late air horns in the mix but uh so how did you how did it get to the point where you were like because you said like biden's a dick and like i don't fuck with him so how did you get to like the trump fucking shits man like what was like the the catalyst that made you be like, all right, I'm gonna fuck with this dude and like rock with him over like the other motherfuckers. So, so when he first got elected, man, you know, honestly, I didn't want the guy to get elected. I didn't trust him, uh, you know, and and my thing with it for me, 
I, I, I give everybody a chance. I'm not that guy that's, you know, not my president, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm, I'm an American. The guy's my president. Same mm-hmm. with Biden. Biden is my president. I'm not that guy. Biden's not my president. Well, you know, whatever. I hope, I hope the best for him. I, it's, he's running the country that I live in. I don't want it, I don't want him to fail. I want him to do good. I want him to do good for the American citizens. But I personally, I just don't trust him. Um, but anyway, as far as the, you know, the Trump thing, like, I'm not. I'm not a guy that worships, I don't worship the man or anything like that, but he came in, he was an outsider, he wasn't a Republican, wasn't a Democrat, he ran as a Republican, yes. He's a businessman. That's been, In my opinion, if you want to run the country, a, a businessman is the best way to do it. That's what the, that's what the government is, it's a giant business. So, you know, I... I, I did. I, I never agreed with him at first, but, you know, I had some family that voted for him. I, uh, I moved out to Southern Oregon, where, where I live at, is very conservative. And, you know, I, man, I, I was all for Obama. I was for Bernie. I was all that stuff, man. And I just I started doing more research. I just don't go for it anymore. It's too much government control. Um, but like I said, you know, I, I didn't trust the guy. And I just started doing research on him and I know, nobody, everybody's going to start laughing as I say these things and whatever, but you know, I don't really care. Uh, he was one of the, there's only three or four presidents in the history to ever have donated their entire presidential salary. He donated to alcohol studies, donated to opiate studies, donated it to small business associations, donated to, uh, historic black colleges. He donated to all kinds of things. And I, you know, that's, that was just small things that he did. He, um, uh, uh, got me all flustered now. Hey, I can't think, but he, he encouraged, you know, rural lifestyles, which a lot of presidents don't do. A lot of government politicians don't do. They just want the city. They want the majority mass of people. They just want to work for them. They don't really care about rural and agricultural and, you know, stuff like that. Trump, uh, uh, enacted the, uh, the first step act which gives felons the legal right to become, you know, get jobs and try to become a, a natural, normal citizen again. Uh, and that, you know, that affected a lot of, a lot of the black community and a lot of people don't, I mean, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I, I've talked to a lot of black people that, you know, a hundred percent agree that, you know, stuff like that, you know, Trump did a lot for the black community and, and stuff like that. And I mean, there's definitely arguments against it and, you know, media says he's racist and this and that, but, you know, I've seen a lot of things that says he's not, but I've seen a lot of things that says he is. You know, again, well, media, I'll you never know, know the what? truth. I, I've never... You know what Uncle Murda, Uncle Murda, in the famous words of Uncle Murda, Obama gave us trap phones, Trump gave us re-up money. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Again, man, I don't trust, I don't trust the government, so... But, you know, I gave the guy a chance, and there was there was a lot of things that he did that I liked. And, you know, again, there were some things that he did that I didn't like. But, like okay. I said, I gave the man a chance, unlike a lot of people did. And I would rather I would rather shout out the good that somebody does over the negative. I'm not one of those people. You know, I used to be back in the day. I, I was quick to punch, quick to fight. But, you know, I always hear, you know, people say, no, he's a Nazi, punching, punching. Well, you know what? That's not how you change people, man. You don't, you don't show, you don't show the negative. You don't, you don't show them violence. You show them love and appreciation and talk about the good they've done. And that's how you change people. Mm. And, you know, that's, you, you don't run up. Oh, I disagree with you. You, you hate black people. So you're a Nazi. I'm going to break your goddamn nose. When was the last time that changed the Nazi's mind about a black guy? 
You know, like, that, that ain't how you change people's minds, man. Like, dude, when I was a punk rock kid, I hated hippies. But, you know, I made fun of hippies day in and day out. And then I started hanging out in Broderpool, and they showed me love, and shit, I'm, I live in the middle of the woods, listening to Grateful Dead every fucking day now. <laughs> uh, right, my, how things change. Like, yeah, you, you get, you catch more flies with honey than you do, uh, damn it, I can't even think of this fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying, man. Like, it's, 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 you catch more you bees with honey. You catch more bees love. Yeah, yeah, it's, you catch more bees with honey. That's the whole thing. Yep, absolutely. Um, but yeah, and, and I would agree with you. But see, the thing is, though, is, is, and to your point, it takes the discussions because, like, if you're not having uh, civil adult discussions where, in some cases, you can agree to disagree, uh, yeah. there can't be any, like, progressive change. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's not just people talking at each other it's doing their best to understand the points of one of another you know what i'm saying like oh i can disagree with that but i understand why you fucking think that way and shit but yeah yeah absolutely i, I came from both sides so excuse me i'm also i'm eating or just finished up a trot war so i was eating in the middle of that but um yeah like i said man i came from both sides i i voted obama i I was all for Bernie Sanders, you know, I was all for that stuff, and I just started thinking about it and doing more research on it, and, you know, healthcare sounds great, but to me it's just, I don't want the government to be in, in control of my health, I don't want them to be in control of my education, I don't want them to be in, I just, I don't want them to have control of my life, of what I do, of what decisions I make, what doctors I see, what, you know, to who I talk to, or, that, that should be my decision, I'm, I'm a, we're supposed to be free Americans. I should be able to do what I want. Well, but I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. But. Yeah, no, it does make sense, right? And, and but here's what I would argue is like um, the absence of like because for me, like I'm, you know, I'm an exception to a lot of rules, right? But like I came from like a two parent household, and my parents like both work, so they like they provided like insurance for us and shit. Right. But like if, yeah. if they didn't have to like, like bear that expense, we could have probably did a lot more shit, taking all types of crazier fucking trips or like went out the country or some shit like that. So like, that's, I mean, like I get what you're saying. Like, as far as like, yo, you got to go and do this, right? Like you don't want that. But like, if it's a system to where you just don't got to pay, that shit sound kind of nice. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, the other part of it is... But I you do got to pay, though, man. Like, it's tax money. I got to pay for it. Yeah, but, like, if you think about, like, healthcare systems in other countries, it's, like, worked into, like, it's worked into that. Like, I remember when I was a kid, my dad had a friend from England. His name was Arthur. And, like, we went to this uh, WWF match one time. It was uh, Undertaker and Sergeant Slaughter in the steel cage. So afterwards, <laughs> right, he was telling me, he said, yeah, he still gets health care from his job because he retired in England. He's from there. And like they fucking somehow like they were still giving him money and shit. So even though like so my whole thing is, is like, yeah, it's worked in the taxes. But like if my like for the person who works at Best Buy their whole life, like for that dude who is like and they're taking it out of his check. 
like you might as well you know what i'm saying because it's like it's either going to be on like some crazy missiles or like you getting like free fucking root canals and shit i'd take the i'd take the dental work um but like i think i think about like funding in schools also how like schools are based on like you know where the tax money comes from and like arts programs in certain schools versus other schools. I mean, tech had a pretty decent arts program, but I know like living in California, like that shit, it was like hella hard to get it like second to none. And then like you move in tech, they had like an okay arts program. I didn't take art. I ditched and went in there, but I, I know for a fact that like the arts program at Pike was like way fucking doper. So if the government gave all schools money for like equal arts programs, then every, like everybody would be learning like about Rembrandt. Everybody would be learning about like V bear and Sargent and shit like that. Not just the kids at Pike. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I, I agree with you there, but see now the, the part that I, I have problem with is when, you know, you start getting money from governments into schools is obviously, you know, they want you to teach, no matter what, no matter, you know, what what side of the government it's on, they're going to want you to push your agenda still regardless, whether, you know, you're still getting money to learn about Rembrandt and Michelangelo or the arts and stuff like that. You still have the other classes, but now you're also getting taught, government taught. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. No, I'm not saying like, I'm, but it's where the money's coming from. The money has to come from somewhere. It's just like this, Vax. Yeah. So like for uh for the holiday season, I ran a, 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 a sale for like pet portraits, right? So like- what? I did like pet portraits, like, hey, if you have a dog, I'll paint your dog, right? Oh so, yeah, pet portraits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. For, so pet portraits. I sounded like you said orchards. I was yeah, like, a yeah. pet orchard. What's a pet oh, orchard? Oh yeah, no, yeah. I talk real fast when I get excited. <laughs> I have to slow it down. So right. So the pet portraits. So it, it for me, and I had never did it before. So what happened was I did two of them. I I did one for my neighbor, one for my sister. It's just free ones so I could show the internet. You know, hey, I can do this. So then I get hit up, boom, and I ended up getting I painted 16 pets, right? So uh, uh I got like a like 16 commissions and shit. So uh fucking the so the money that they it's like that money regard like I could have been painting landscapes. I could have been painting uh, like still lifes. I could have been painting whatever, but that money, it came from some source and it doesn't like, it it doesn't change what I'm going to do with it. So like I use that metaphor to say like whether the, the money was from like the government to the schools or the, the taxpayers uh, individually, like it would be, um, it's like it's you just have more more of a resource. You have you just have a stronger backing. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're saying, "Hey, oh, yeah. we're we're trying to program these kids like in a bad way." It's we're trying to enrich just like in France and Italy, like the kids learn how to do classical drawing like from kindergarten. You know what I'm saying? So like they have a stronger appreciation for the arts in Europe because it's like, "Well, from kindergarten I learned how to do this shit." I don't want to do it now that I'm older, but fuck, like I get why this shit's fucking dope. So 
I, I think that if if the money was there, then we could have a, a stronger appreciation for like different aspects of the culture, maybe even like national parks programs in our schools. You know what I'm saying? Like how dope with that? Kids from the hood get to go no, to I mean, Yosemite and shit. I definitely agree. I mean, there, there you know, there's got to be a balance of, of each, but just there, there's a lot of a lot of tax dollars that go to stuff that you know it doesn't really necessarily benefit anybody or it just goes into lining the pockets of these politicians and you know stuff like that it does go into some good but too much of that money too much of a percentage of that money is going into pockets mm -hmm. and not parks or you know whatever and that's that's just where my whole issue with is is just these people are just they're like I, like I keep saying they're just businessmen and or not really businessmen they're politicians they're just living off of our money they're not doing anything but it's just they, they keep making rules and different, you know, laws and stuff like that. And it gets them to, you know, just be able to get more money from us. I read the other day, I can't remember, um, there was a bill. Uh, it was, uh, I can't remember, it was like VIN-IN or something like that. I can't remember the numbers on it completely. But there, it's something that's going into this COVID relief uh, package where, again, you know, I don't know how true this is. I might be wrong. I might be right. I, I, I don't know. But they're talking about where the government is going to have a certain percentage um, uh, access to your savings and your checking account so they can take out a certain percentage to uh, bail themselves out from this COVID relief. So they're basically just giving themselves access to your money and saying, we're taking this from you. So, like, no matter what. You know, okay, so they're giving, but then. They gave everybody the money before, so the twelve hundred, then the six hundred, and then they're gonna take the money back, like from the broke people who don't have any money anyway. Yeah, exactly. They're gonna end up just <laughs> taking it back, and I mean, who knows? Like I said, it's just it's all hearsay. But you know, it was a, it's, I I did hear this, and it was a, a, a bill that I seen. Um, it was just being presented, but. I mean, come on, man. That's how these people are thinking, though. Like, right. But the thing is, Bax, is, like, I I live in, like, a food desert, right? And, like, uh, so it's so I'll go to, like, like, a Walmart or, like, a Food Max, and I'll see, like, moms with, like, two kids and shit. And it's, like, I don't think that those ladies have the money to get, like, that's, like, bleeding a turnip. You know what I'm saying? Like, the government thinking that that lady has, like, a bunch of resources to like suck out of like that's you would have to like the person would have to have a bigger source of income on the back end for that investment to make sense because that's trying to that's trying to get the flip on the back end you know what i'm saying like on the double up like i'm gonna give you uh I'm going to give you fucking 18 and you give me five. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's basically, if that's the, if that's the plan, then that person has to be able to get five. But if she spends that 18 on rent and like two weeks worth of food for her kids and she's waiting for the next one, there ain't no, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's like, she's not going to make that five because everything's shut down. She can't like her nail shop is shut down. She can't fucking do hair anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, 
all yeah man shit yeah it's kind of if if that's their plan to like get money from niggas who don't got money like i'm sorry that's a long day at the office yeah again you know i i don't know so it's just you know things i hear and Mm -hmm. i just like i said i just don't trust them and Mm -hmm. that's just kind of where i'm at with it and i don't i don't know i just we're just everything right now just seems weird there's so much division between people right now i've uh, i've recently i haven't deleted my social media accounts mm-hmm. but i've been trying to stay off of them a lot less and I mean, it's just there's so much division in people right now because of politics and it's not even i don't know it's just it, it doesn't seem like it's going to change and i don't know it doesn't seem like any any unity is being brought and anything like that either so every everywhere i hear you know, we're a, anybody that was conservative, not necessarily a Trump supporter, but we're going to change them or we're going to get rid of that thought. And it's just, I, I don't know. I just don't like any of the stuff that's going on right now, man. Well, <laughs> you know, it's interesting to me though, but I think that that might be a misconception though, Bax, because like I got a homeboy who's in third grade and like they invited me over, uh, his, his family invited me over for like two holidays, right? for Thanksgiving uh-huh. and for Christmas. So I went over there and they, they're Trump supporters, right? And my whole thing wasn't like to get them to not support Trump or like to do anything like that. And it's just like with you, it's, see, and and I have a question that I'll ask after this, but the the, the meat of the rub to the, to the sandwich is, is my <laughs> thing was, was just having civil conversations with them. And I noticed like, I will say this because I I say this with love. There are seeds of racism that are planted in a lot of people and a lot of people don't see it. Right. And I don't think that a lot of times that the things are like purposeful, like, or they're like uh, intentional because here's my thing. If you're inviting me over to your home to like kick it for like two important holidays, arguably the two most important holidays of the year, right? Like, I don't think you're racist, right? right? Like if I've known you since since we were in third grade, I don't think you're racist, right? However, when you say certain things that if I didn't know you might seem like, huh, like, okay, then what, what it's my duty as your friend to like maybe ask a question or to give my experience to provide an example to maybe shape or like dispel that ideal. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's my whole, that I feel like that's the duty that I'm charged with backs. It's not so much like changing who a nigga votes for. It's just like, when I hear some shit, like I gotta like be on it and then we're on to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? Because you should be able to vote for who you want to vote for. I should be able to vote for who I want to vote for. And that's what's love. That's what love is. And that's what democracy is. Absolutely. Yes. And we shouldn't we shouldn't hate each other over it in the end. Right. So the question I wanted to ask you before I went on my long rant, right? Hold on, let me get some air yeah. horns. Because I, 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 that was a rant. Was do you <laughs> honestly feel that like this whole situation brought you closer to any of your friends? Uh, some yes and some no. Um, I got some friends that don't definitely believe the same as I believe, and I've got a lot of friends that don't. Um, and I, I've definitely lost some friends, and uh, I've been called 
I mean, you, dude, you know me. Like, I, I am the furthest far from it. I have been called racist numerous times just because, or sexist, or anything, because I won't, you know, if, if there's a, a thing coming up where a politician is a certain race or a certain sex or whatever, um, and I, and I, I, it, it has nothing to do with their race or their sex, but if I say I'm not voting for them, people have been like, oh, well, you're not voting for them because they're black or they're Asian or they're gay or they're a woman. No, I'm not voting for them because I don't agree with their politics. Right, right, so, right. And that's and, fair. Yes, and but, you know, it's, I've been, because of you know, just me having views and, I, you know, like I said, I'm not racist. I'm not, as far as I know, I'm, I love everybody, man. I mean, I've known, me and you have been homies for years. Most of my friends are of all kinds of different, you know, races and genders. And I've got gay friends, I've got transgender friends. Hell, you know, I don't, that shit don't bug me, man. I, I can care less. I don't, I don't I, whatever. But it's just because of some of the, the views and the thoughts I've had. It's, I've, I've definitely lost friends and, mm or, you know, even had just even less communica- communication with friends, even some crew members even, like, um, you know, I won't name any names, but, you know, I had a couple friends that I used to talk to on social media every day, and hell, now I don't even, we hardly even talk to each other at all anymore. Like, it's 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 pretty sad. And, I, you know, it's not, it's, it's you know, it's not my fault, not their fault, you know, just both of our faults, and it's, it's, the control that the uh, social media has with just pumping things, you know, the, uh, you know, they just know what you want to see. So they feed you that and they feed the other person this. And so they're just constantly making us fight and all that stuff, man. I just, social media has a lot to do with this also, you know, they, they, they control what we see and what we think. And, and, you know, they're definitely, in my opinion, they lean to one side more than the other. But, you know, like I said, if you're, if you have conservative views, they, they make sure that, you know, they pump you the conservative news and the conservative thoughts and all stuff. And if you've got the other views, then, you know, you, they pump that stuff to you. And it's, it, it, they're, they're a big part of our division in, in my opinion and a few other things, but it's, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> One of those rants I can rant on forever and probably, just gonna laugh at me or just tell me I make absolutely no sense so <laughs> hey man we here we you know here, the thing though is is like that's the thing about this podcast man is we have these long form discussions and what it does it gives the family the art and bullshit family a chance to pull up a seat roll that up and pour something and, and chill with us as we have these discussions man it's like two homies right. catching up that and that's what would I do this for uh, it's one. It's one of the reasons. It's it's a large part of it, though, Bax, because it's like I don't I don't think that people get the richness of like the the graffiti writer, the complexity of the artist, and like what we really are fucking made of. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, and you can't get that through like a piece. I like, like the real humanity of you is not encapsulated in, in a burner. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like when a motherfucker can sit and they can listen, like, damn, he fucking held James down with a fucking, with a spot while the police was like hot on his trail and broke his foot. Like, and they can hear like all of these crazy stories. It's like, Oh wow. Like this motherfucker is a whole ass human being. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. 
you know, I just look out for my friends, man. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not gonna, uh, you know, I, I, that's all it's about, man. It's, it's, life's just about having a good time and not hating anybody due to, you know, politics, race, religion, whatever, man. Just hang out, have a good time, ignore all that shit. I've recently kind of came up with the motto that I, I look at religion and politics like a penis. It's okay to have one. It's okay to be proud of it. But don't wave that shit around. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to to get shit done, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true, I guess, man. I guess so. Sometimes you just got to get out there and have a copy of the old penis, I guess, huh? <laughs> oh, man, yo. Oh, shit. <laughs> on that note, fuck, Bax, man. We, we've been all around the map, man. But yeah, I think that that's, that's really what it is. Like, it's getting on the same page. And hopefully, like, you know, life's filled with chapters, man. And, and we're in a new chapter. Hopefully, uh, we can start some different discussions and, like, you know, make these phone calls and, like, you know what I'm saying? Spark those joints up with our old school homies. You know, rekindle them yeah. friendships and, and get back cooking because there's a lot of money out here to get, you know what I'm saying? And we got to get to it. Um, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, man, you want to, uh, you got any business ventures going down? You want to plug anything? Uh, man, I'm just, uh, I'm doing my sawmill business, man. I'm uh, not really doing it. My wife owns her own massage uh, spot, Grand Pass. Uh, you know, I don't really got anything I want to plug, man. I'm just out here living a simple life trying to just try to avoid people and you know if i i love i'd love my friends to come out and visit i'd like to get out and see my friends eventually but you know with covid and everything right now traveling's traveling's hard you know i'm not necessarily scared of getting sick but just the amount of amount of procedure it takes to travel somewhere and you know like i'm not a good mask but when i do have to wear one for a long period of time like, you know, especially on a plane or something it's i do have a hard time breathing eventually so it's just not, you know, traveling right now, getting around to see all my friends sucks. So I'm just out here doing my thing, man, like enjoying the wilderness and getting in touch with myself. And I don't know. Love it. <laughs> you know what's crazy? Rambling, when, I guess. When you told me about your business, I thought about that episode, like, of Tales from the Crypt back in the day. There's an episode with a logger. And, uh... He was a logger. I don't remember this one. Yeah, man, this shit was wow, man. So it was man, a logger. Watch now, dude. It was fucking sick, dude. Yeah, and he ended up banging dude's wife out, like, and then like the dude like was like blind or some shit. There's like a blind motherfucker, and then the dude like end up cutting him up instead of a log or something. That shit was like, yeah. dude, like that shit was hella fucking dope. That shit was hella fucking, that shit was hella fucking sick. It was like, yeah, shout out to Tales from the Crypt. Hold on, let's make some noise. I'm going to have to look people. that one up, man. I don't, I don't remember that. I, I watched yeah, almost all of those, but I don't yeah, remember yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, shit was crazy, man. Uh, fucking yeah. yeah, man. So, you know, my whole thing is, is you know what I think about graffiti. And, and I, I want to ask you, what were three things that you, because I, I feel like it, Graffiti has a lot of character building uh, aspects to it. What were three character building aspects from graffiti that you now still hold with you in your like uh, current state of being? Oh, don't trust anyone. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah, definitely don't trust anyone. Wasn't there a local? Wasn't there a little crew in Indiana? 
Yeah, man. Shouts to DTA. Yeah, man. Shouts to DTA. Yeah, who, was, who was that? Yeah, man. Zom. I think Zom was in DTA. Yeah, yeah. man. Velcro. You know what I'm saying? A little squad. That's a little. That's a little KA. Uh, it was basically UE and KA, and we basically was like, "Yo, we should like do a crew together." That'd be tight, and that yeah, didn't go too right. far. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like, no, I can't believe I remember that. I, yeah. I remember seeing it a little bit. Because it, but, it, what's uh, interesting is like every crew kind of it's like basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like there's franchise players. You know what I'm saying? And then like certain times franchise players goes to they go to different teams. Um, so, right. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how that works out. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. So what was the question again? What was, uh, oh, there the were the, the, the three things. That, yeah, yeah, from graffiti. Kinda... Yeah, so one was don't t- trust anyone. What was the second one? Nothing's permanent. Okay. That's for damn sure. And shit, you're only as good as your next. Ooh. Yeah, right. man. That's about it, you know. Probably the, I guess the life lessons I learned. I don't know. You got any shout outs you want to give? And everybody. Everybody that, you know, there's a lot of people, man. I had a, a lot of people help me get through where I am now, man. Like, there's a lot of the, we didn't talk about this at all, but when we, when we lost our place in the Santa Rosa fires, uh, we did a, uh, uh, a GoFundMe page, or we had lost everything. We we were out camping and came home and found out, you know, our whole place had burned down and everything. And so, we, like I said, you know, we had lost everything except for a few camping things that I had that we were, you know, actually had out with us while we were camping. And we had a trailer full of uh, all my tools that was at a friend's house at the time. But uh, when all that happened, we set up a uh, a GoFundMe page and a few other things and. Just the graffiti artists, the, uh, the graffiti community that came through and helped out me and my wife, man. Just uh, This was, you know, years ago, man, but I still can't, I, you know, three, three, four years ago now. But I just still can't thank all those people enough, man. Y'all know who you are. And, uh, you know, some of the Bay Area guys, uh, the Lord guys, and, uh, uh, they had a uh, art show for the victims of the fire. I believe there was three other graffiti artists and, or two other, there was three total, myself included, and two others that lost places in the, in the fire. And I apologize. I, I don't know who those other two, other two were. I was did or I, I, I wasn't really big into to that scene at the time. I was just, just moved out there and kind of getting, getting to know those, some of those guys. But, uh, they put on an art show and all the proceeds went to us three artists. And it was, quite a bit quite a bit of help man like all those guys was, uh, all those guys know who they were and Quake and uh, Ricky Watts and uh, Luke and like I said man all, all you guys that put in put in on that and you all know you, and we, we appreciate every bit of that it was a long time ago but still think about that every day and uh, but yeah man so just without without that stuff we, we wouldn't have we wouldn't be where we are right now it's crazy that putting in all that work in graffiti yielded like the result. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't think. I mean, dude, it damn near bought me a house, bro. Like, no joke, no joking aside, it damn near 
it's it got me the RV we're living in today, and I'm I'm not like it's it's not the nicest, you know. There's not no forty something foot RV with four or five slide outs. It's got one slide out. It's a fifth wheel trailer. I mean, it's big enough to be wife. But you know, it's we've been staying in it for three years until we build now, and but. Man, without without all that stuff, we wouldn't have that right now, you know. I mean, we got the insurance money for the fires, but that actually the insurance money is what actually bought our property. So we just uh, we we made a a strong decision to just kind of give up everything and quit throwing our money away and want to just basically just start building our our retirement home. And we knew what we wanted to do, and that's, so we came out here and put all that money and all that help and all that energy into into this place and starting over and. That's that's what we're doing. Mm. That's man. That's ill. That's man. Man, it's funny how life yeah, we, works. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's awesome. I love it out here, man. It's it's just completely different. We, like I said, we we still don't have a well, so we're we collect the water. Just there's a a stream that flows through here in the wintertime. It picks up quite a bit, and so it it flows a little bit in the summertime. But we collect our water off of that, and we pump it up to another. Uh, water tank that we have and then from there it's all gravity fed down to our to the rv so we can shower and do dishes and that stuff we use it for our gardening uh i've got a little weed garden out here we water our weed plants and so wait uh, i gotta ask you a real question though it's like, cause What's you, up? cause I remember you had mentioned we had talked that you was like, man, I got cougars out here, man, I got bears out here, man, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So, so like, they ever come and fucking just like fuck with your RV and shit or what? So they haven't physically messed with the RV. Um, one of the first when we first moved off the property, uh, we uh, kept our trash cans like the. So it's a five-acre piece of property, and it's on an incline. It's about a 10% incline. Um, So we had a flat cutout and everything. That's where we have the RV, and it's probably about, I don't know, 60, 70 foot wide by 100 foot long, something like that. Um, We The RV is kind of right in the middle of it, and we trash cans kind of in the back corner of it, and I came out here one day and wasn't thinking anything of it. We see deer and stuff out here all the time, and... I heard some stuff at the trash can. I was like, oh, you know, it's probably just a deer over there. I uh, walked the other way over to where our trailer or something was. I can't remember what I was doing at the time. Oh, I was going to go check on our water situation is what I was doing. So I walked back, and, I mean, literally from where I seen it, it was 15 feet from me. was little, that was probably about 300-pound black bear going through my trash and I, I mean it was as soon as it seen me it just skirted off and it was just gone mm. but uh, I had to build a uh, uh, trash bin to specifically keep the animals out of it and I milled up a bunch of wood got some hog paneling and uh, I used a bunch of old saw blades for my mill cut them up and basically made a makeshift bonfire thing and yeah we gotta keep the bears out of the trash and uh, we've, uh, between the art where we, the RV and, uh, the garden, it's, you know, about 100, 200 feet, something like that of walking distance. I've, uh, haven't physically seen it yet. My neighbor has a new times, but, uh, just like I did earlier while at the beginning of the conversation, I've seen numerous piles of mountain lion poop, uh, 
bear, fox, um, all kinds of it. Bigfoot poop. This here. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, sla- no, I ain't seen no Bigfoot yet. No Bigfoot yet. But, but yeah, definitely, man, I've got, like I said, I'm voted up against the National Forest. And uh, on, on the hike that we take up to, it's a 20-minute hike. Uh, we literally pass uh, five foot from the bear den uh, every time we walk up there. So it's we're we're right here with the with the wildlife. We're with the nature, man. It's 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 awesome. I walk up to the ridge and I can just see for miles and miles, almost out to the coast, and I can't quite see the coast, but it's it's freaking amazing, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> this little West valley, coast, you know, I've Oregon lived in a, shit. I've lived in a What's that? Pacific Northwest. Oh man, I love it. Just anything out here, man. Like even even where I was down in California. Did you? Oh yeah, you, you said that you you came up there and visited uh, Old Sinny. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, just that whole area, man. That out here in the mountains, the redwoods, the big trees. You got the ocean right here, and it's just man, it's it's just something else out here. It's it's, it's the way to live. I don't. I honestly don't understand how people don't choose to live like this and how they how they choose to live in the cock no disrespect to you guys or you or you know I, city city life I, I was raised in it but i just hey. i don't see how people can do that man it's depressing to me too much concrete <laughs> i uh, i got a friend that lives out here and he's got a daughter she's well, seven or eight now her birthday was a couple months like just a month ago but uh, when she was younger i think she was like four or three or four i can't remember this was when we lived in uh, in a town of Willits in California. Mm-hmm. Or actually, yeah, we were living in Willits. And uh, occasionally we'd go down to San Francisco or something like that. And we had never mentioned any of this to her. She had been down there one time. Like I said, she's a three-year-old, four-year-old at the time. Only been to San Francisco once in our life. And uh, we were talking about it. And we were like, hey, uh, we're going to go down to, the, down to San Francisco this weekend. And she looked at me and just goes, that concrete bowl you're gonna go there <laughs> and ever since i heard a three-year-old say that to me and not knowing really truly what that means like we had never told her it was concrete city or anything she came up with that all on her own just from one visit there and just that three-year-old changed my whole outlook on the city mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear I was like you. you know and everybody talks you know everybody's talking about climate change and you know, this and that, and, you know, it's, when you're putting that much concrete into one area and everything's focused in one area, the climate change, in my opinion, is all caused by the cities. You know, you got, you got cars, you got, but everybody wants to blame it on, like, the rules, the cattle, and stuff like that, you know, shit, we're the ones that fucking feed you guys, and but people want to blame it on us, but you got, but, you know, they're not, I'm not saying you specifically, you know what I mean, no, no, no disrespect, James, but, uh, you know, I love you, man. Get your shit but, off, you know, city people, they just, podcast. They they want to they want to blame it on us, but you know they're just putting concrete down left and right and building and building and building and you know solar power this and wind power that man all that shit takes lithium batteries. I don't know if you've ever looked at a lithium mine. Have you ever done that? Have you ever seen a list of the the remaining lithium mine? Mm-mm. I it have not. Destroys the earth, and there's not many places in this on the earth to mine lithium. And the few places that it's done, mm-hmm. all the all the lithium is required to run all these batteries for solar and wind and all have to have lithium. Um, they are working on some other things hemp wise to replace all that, which is awesome. I hope it works. 
the, all of these lithium mines, the majority of them are child slaves mining this lithium so we can have our solar power, our phones, and our battery-powered DeWalt, and our electric cars, and all of that shit is slave mined. People mm-hmm. don't, don't realize that. And those mines, they are destroying the areas that they are put in. The same windmills, the, the blades on windmills, mm-hmm. those are so made from so much carbon composite that they don't break down, so they go bury them in the land in Wyoming, and they just sit there, and they don't decompose. They're just buried in the land. Mm. Like, you know, I'm all, I'm all for solar and wind and hydropower. I plan on having it on my property, but I just, I, you know, everybody talks it's the savior and this and that. And I just, I, I wish more people understood what actually goes behind that. And, you know, I'm not disagreeing with them. I love solar. I love all that stuff, but it's just as damaging to the earth as coal and and, and everything, so it's, you know, people don't look at that end of it, and that's one thing that got me, got me upset, and stuff like that. Mm. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> we got to get your shit off, man. More rants from Detour, man. More rants get from Get them Detour rants, man. Get them Detour yeah. rants. We love it. But that's, we're here to provide this platform, man. That That's the whole thing. But I, I, I encourage you to do that, man. Sometime here, you know, in the near future, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, just look up a lithium mine and see how much... Look at what goes into all that and see how much damage goes into the earth on making all that stuff, mm-hmm. man. It's not – like I was trying to – like I kind of started mentioning the, with all the hemp farms and the uh, CBD being legal nationwide, which another thing that Trump did, uh, made CBD uh, legal nationwide. Um, thank you for that. Uh he but also pardoned Kodak Black and Harry O, which Harry O is the man who uh, funded Death Row Records founding. So, shouts to that. Wait, what's that? I'm sorry? Uh, Trump, actually, he pardoned uh, Harry O, who funded oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Death yep. Row from Death Row Records. So, that was kind of tight. Yep. Yep, sure did, sure did. Uh, so, so, I'm sorry, what, what, what were we talking about before that? Uh... <laughs> What was I saying? <laughs> uh, you were talking Crap. about lithium, lithium mines, and and the the damage that they do. See, the the interesting part about it, like the thing that I think about is like it's a. a I I like to look at the aspect of like the how, right? Like so. Because there's a there's a day, you know, I mean, like cats who, you know, we indulge in like, you know, medicinal herbs, you know, you might go down a, a, a rabbit hole one day, such as myself. And I went down a rabbit hole detour of um child labor, like countries that use child labor and like the things that they get. So like all of these different countries like source like. Uh, child labor for like coffee and like cotton and like different uh like crystals and, and like materials like how you were talking about like the lithium and things like that right so yeah and, and so and, and also you know a lot of um textile companies uh you know use labor from from foreign countries and and things of that nature my my thing is like the aspect of like changing a society to like like in order for like in order for us to actually move the jobs back over here and in order for us to do that and sustain it like what would it take like and the things that it would take it's like a it's it would take it's like that game mousetrap like you would have to like do all of this shit like for that to happen 
um we have to like address like elephants in the room you know what i'm saying like uh i'm not even gonna go down that hole but we gotta adjust a lot of uh, address a lot of shit in order to get to that point so i think uh my long rant like the the question is, is like how do you how do you get to a point like realistically where you're where the country is like not dependent on things of that nature because i mean like there's like you you know you got motherfuckers out there like like elon like popping shit you know what i'm saying holding it down um so it's like all electric is that the fucking answer to some shit like honestly man the only way to ever get this is my my opinion and you know i i don't know natural gas isn't clean none of none of there's and it, there as a, as a nuclear is about as clean gets but we all know nuclear is safe and but there's also different arguments you can get in with that too now, but I don't really get in. I don't know too much about that, so I'm not going to go there. Man, we can't um, fuck with no nuclear shit. Nah, nigga. Yeah. We cannot. Yeah, I, I don't know about it, so I'm not even going to go there, man. But I, I have heard that they're, you know, they, they're advancing, but, you know, at the same time, we, you know, we see what happens, so. Oh, man. Yeah, get that nuclear kind of nigga the fuck out of here, but, man. <laughs> Yeah. So I remember what I was what I was saying a minute ago was uh, when we were talking about the lithium batteries though was um, they're actually starting to make uh, find out they can make batteries and uh, power cells and stuff like that from hemp mm. um, and they're actually looking at or uh, uh, looking at it like it might actually be more powerful uh, than lithium. I don't mm. I I've only done a I've only done a few little bit of research on it. I'm still there's not too much out there on it yet. It's a pretty new thing. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm here in Southern Oregon. We are. You can't go. You can't drive five minutes without seeing a hemp farm out here. I mean, mm. some of my best friends own a 600 acre hemp farm. They just grew uh, just under a million hemp plants last year. So mm. we're we're out here in the hemp. Like it's mm. people. There's cannabis out here too, THC, but it's mainly a lot of CBD and stuff out here. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they're starting to you know realize how much stuff that this can really do, but. You know, the problem with it is, is there's no money in that side of it yet, so nobody's doing that. Everybody's growing the CBDs just for the the smokables or the medicinal side of it, which is great. It's awesome. But as far as when it comes to the textiles, clothing and papers and, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that, making bills for uh, lubricants for like grease and oil and things like that to actually make the run, there, there's no money in it, so nobody grows that stuff yet. Uh, and in order to, and, and if we did want to grow that, there's the other issue of everybody says, you know, hemp and hemp's going to save the planet, it's going to save the trees, and this and that. If you want to grow that much hemp, people out here are logging properties left and right to grow hemp. How are you saving the trees when you're cutting them down to grow hemp? That's a good question. You know, there's well, I have know, an answer. You want me to give you an answer? It. You want me to give you an answer? Yes, please. Okay, so here's what you do, brother. You give money to inner cities and you give incentive to people who have been incarcerated with marijuana related crimes and you turn areas that were in that were part of the inner cities 
into uh, you can turn them into farms. You can turn them into into grow uh, grow sites. And then what happens is is that money can stimulate. It's taxed, of course, but it also yeah. stimulates the communities which the system has you know tried to hold down for so long. So that's what I that's, that's what I would see. That's a great idea. But so in order to grow cannabis and hemp, you have to do that you know in certain climates. So you you know growing in the Grow, growing stuff like in Colorado and stuff like that, you can't do out big outdoor projects to grow these things. Like you need to, you know, if you want to turn it into an agricultural thing, mm-hmm. but, you know, you're supplying textiles to the world or the country or locally or whatever. You can't even, you know, indoor warehouses in the city. That's not going to be enough. Like I said, my friends out here, they're a small thing. And they were, they did 600 acres of under just a million plants. The property right in front of me that I can see actually from where I'm standing at right now, it's like I don't really have to see them, but they're uh, a company called Mr. Nice Guy. Mm-hmm. And these guys do like 60, 60 or 70,000. I'm, I'm looking like not wrong time of the year, but mm-hmm. most of the time of the year, I'm looking at 60, 70,000 plants sitting right across the street from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you put that in the city, well, now you either you don't have the room for it. You, you have the room for it. So now you put it inside of a building. Well, for one, if, if it's not out on the West coast or in a certain climate where it's dry and warm, if you put it back in the Midwest where it's humid, it's not going to grow. It's going to mold. So you can't really do it outside. You have to do it inside, but now you're in. So now you have to bring in all your electricity and your building and your, you're still using all kinds of now. Now you're going plastic and, all kinds of stuff inside for your feeding lines. And, that's, and, you know, that's another thing with growing it. On these hemp fields, you know, they grow millions of pounds of CBD and hemp. You know, it's supposed to save the, you know, save everything from plastic. But at the end of every year, these guys are bringing in dump trucks. I mean, like semi-trucks, two or three at a time on each farm, and throwing away plastic that they had to use for the water. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I'm not fighting against it because I'm all for the the, the movement of it, but the reality of it is it does produce a lot of logging or a lot of plastic still. So then what's the solution not, to that? Is it better packaging on the distribution side so uh, the people... Huh? So, so uh, I don't know, the solution I get the solution to get just back to clean and to where we can live on our own is you got to do everything locally. You got to grow everything yourself. You got to, or, you know, do it within the community and trade and barter and, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, you, the electricity thing, you know, we're never going to get to clean energy or anything. The only way to do that is burn candles or, you know, stuff like that. You're, (laughs) you got to have some kind, and even that you're still, you're still producing carbon because of a flame. So, I mean, you're, there is no such thing as clean energy. You're, and the only way, you know, to even get that sustainable is, uh, you know, it's something I hate to say, but, you know, our, our world is, we have become a very overpopulated creature. And we are all, not all of us, but a vast majority of us are out of touch with just nature. Nature or religion or whatever. And we just, we don't care anymore about stuff like that. And we've just, overbred ourselves and there's just no way well to be fair though to be fair that was our parents like generation of the baby boomers like people don't have families of nine and ten more 
kids anymore. Like that's just that's yeah, well, we not a thing, anymore. right? Like so, it's yeah, like yeah, we don't have but. A farm to raise or- yeah, for sure. So it's like I, I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? But like at the same time, I think like those people are kind of going to go in probably the next 30 years. You know what I'm saying? Like and then things will kind of shrink down. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's man. <laughs> How you feel about aliens? I don't know. Aliens? I, they're out there. Mm-hmm. I've never seen one, but I'd like to believe they're there. I mean, it's. It's too too big of a universe for, I mean, I, you know, again, I don't know. Maybe we are just this planet that, you know, everything evolved just because of the position in our universe, and our solar system, how close we are to the sun, our moon, all that stuff. And maybe we are just the lucky thing that, you know, this planet is the only thing that holds life. But I, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely something and it, you know it may not be like you know x-files aliens long gated heads and shit it may just be a little microbiological thing that you know we can't even see you know it's so small or shit it may just be so big that we, you shit it's so big we can't even see it you know mm. it's just that big like you know you, that's that's a hard one I, there's definitely i would i I have to. I have to say, there's definitely some life out there, man. Mm. Like, there's there's got to be. So now, okay, now with your answer, because when I asked you that, I had a follow up question in mind, and and the follow up question, like it kind of your answer, you kind of already answered it. So I want to ask like a variant of it. Uh, do you think like, like so? Do you think that they're shaping or like? Or like, okay, wait, hold on. How much influence on our like uh, existence on like Earth do you think they have? Because from what you describe, it seemed like they wouldn't really fuck with us. But do you feel like they fuck with us, or you feel like they they're like just out there doing other shit? Or what do you think, man? I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's obviously stories of abductions, and you know, some of the technology we have, you know, it kind of seems like you know maybe it is space. Technology, alien technology, or uh, I, but you know, then again, you know, uh, a meteor that has a certain metal on it coming from space—that's you know—and it you know lands on Earth, and we take a certain metal out of it, and we learn how to remake that metal or something like that. That's alien technology, technically. But I mean, you know, I don't know. That's that's a weird one again, but well, I mean, like, re, like, I, I, if we can synthesize some fucking like some foreign elements and shit, nigga, off the periodic table, like, we, like, yeah, that, <laughs> we're smoking Halloween you know, right now. Uh, <laughs> okay, so here's my question for you: Do you think like the like the pyramids and shit, and, like the Sphinx and all that? You think that that shit was like influenced by extraterrestrial life? I think that, so, kind of my opinion on some of that was extraterrestrial life and religion was kind of the same thing then. Um, Some people, you know, like, God was, you know, maybe that the aliens are God. We, we, I I don't know. I'll let you know when I'm dead, but I I don't know how to play out, but, you know, maybe back in the day and during pyramid times and stuff like that, aliens did come down and we worship them as God or something, or we just had, you know, thoughts in our mind that, you know, that's what we perceive it as, but 
as far as, you know, the pyramids being built and stuff, that was, I don't think that was built by aliens or anything like that. And unfortunately, it's, I, I believe it's built by slaves. And But, that's, you know, when you're back then and people always, oh, how was that built? How was that built? You know, they didn't have TV. They didn't have nothing to do. They just had people. Day in, day out. You had no entertainment. It was slaves. Go work. Go work. That's how that shit got built. It's unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. But, you know, that's the fact as far as we know. But, you know, I think that, you know, the, the pyramids may have built to, like, reach the aliens or reach God or, you know, it was kind of a, a way to communicate with what whatever they believed they were trying to, you know, reach, be it the aliens or Ra or mm-hmm. whatever, whatever God they were worshiping or alien or, you know, like I said, you know, an alien may have came down and that, that may be what we call God. Or they may be angels or, you know, something like that. I don't know. I've never seen an angel or an alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, <laughs> the afterlife is definitely a mysterious thing, you know. Yes, um, it is. And it's... It will, it will, and it's, it's uh, I think that it's kind of cool, like, that you connected, like, uh, extraterrestrial life with, like, spirituality or, like, the, pers- or, like, the idea of, like... Uh, of them like seeing that and maybe that being intertwined, which is definitely something that I had never considered, uh, which may lend to like the, um, the, because I think of like, you know, like a lot of times motherfuckers say shit sparked off in like ancient Samaria and shit, you know what I'm saying? But like, when you look at a lot of like mythologies, like, uh, there's a lot of similarities from like Egyptian to Roman and, you know, through like the great empires, you know, and then like you have like different religions that had spread. And then there are so many similarities between these things. So it's interesting. Like, I kind of wonder, like, how is it that like Egyptian mythology, Greek mythology, well, like Egyptian was like first and then you have like Greek and Roman, like after that, but a lot of those like, uh, things are kind of shared like a lot of the you know the god of this or the you know what i'm saying the like the goddess of that you know what i'm saying and then in like yeah. different religions you have certain like uh ideals or like principles that are shared while like the stories may be different there's like usually a messiah and then like there's the idea of like an afterlife a higher being you know what i'm saying in that afterlife and like the uh the 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 promise of it like and and essentially the basic tenements of like human decency are held in these books uh regardless of like their origins so for me you know detour i always think about these things as an artist you know what i'm saying and like think about like yeah. how there's like a commonality and attach the commonality to like all of us and like humans you know what i'm saying uh yeah so that that's kind of you know how how my brain works when i hear you talk about like the aliens and like like hey maybe they fucking you know what i'm saying maybe them niggas out there like like okay yeah i, I get where you would yeah man like maybe that's how like that could be a possibility of like all that shit being connected in some sort of some sort of way um yeah, again, I, I, these aren't necessarily things I believe. I just, you know, I, I research a lot of things on all sides, and I, I like to, I like to see, you know, different, different thoughts and theories and opinions of everybody, you know, be whatever. So mm-hmm. it's, I, I just, I like to research and understand other people's the way other people think. Yeah, this was a great discussion, so. man. I don't think niggas knew I was about to get damn near three hours out of you. 
Oh, shit, is that where we're at already? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I know you busy, you Damn, know what I'm saying? I thought we just sat down. Mm-mm, nah, man, uh-huh. we out here, we out here. They was here. So we gonna wrap this uh-huh. up, man. We gonna put it in some saran and, you know what I'm saying, vacuum seal it and, and send it in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so uh if you want to man like i don't know how you feel you can give your social media out so people can catch you for or like you know what i'm saying if you have like some shit you want to plug like feel free to go ahead and you know get your shit off yeah uh, i mean you got i got instagram detour 707 you also follow me on that okay still got facebook but i'm pretty much just limiting that to my family and my good personal friends if i ain't met you personally then you ain't getting me on facebook so mm-hmm. hit up the ig yeah hit up the instagram and peep those letter peep those letters peep that ism yeah yeah pretty much the instagram now the detour 707 instagram i'm just every now and then i guess we're graffiti on there but a lot of it's just uh mill and lumber and cutting down trees and stuff like that and doing doing the wilderness thing so but uh here soon man i'm gonna i'm gonna get back into doing some graffiti and i yeah, just man. had to take a step back focus focus on different things but, you know living just living off the land after losing everything in a fire and you know not that was a big thing for me man just you know when before the fires i always had a place to store paint keep paint mm-hmm. so i always had paint on hand so it was like, oh, i want to go paint today i'll just you know i'll Go in the go in the closet and grab a couple of cases of paint and go paint. And I I live in an RV. I don't have a place to store paint except for outside in the winters and the summers here are pretty extreme, so the paint goes bad pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So just for me to you know, it, it's specifically got to be like, okay, I'm gonna go paint. Well, I got to go order paint, and so I got to order it. And you know, I live in a small town, so I can't just go to the art stores or the local graffiti store. And, pick up some spray paint i i gotta order it online and right. get it out here and so that's one of the big reasons i've kind of taken a hiatus again but like i said i'm changing just changing the whole lifestyle and going from city life to country life and trying to get that life together where i'm raising my own food growing my own food and just living that life man that's that's what i'm focusing on right now and Unfortunately, it's taken me away from graffiti for a little bit, but like I said earlier, I've got some a few friends from Creatures. They, they say they're coming out this spring, so uh, hopefully if they make it, Eeks, you better get out here, buddy. Nice. Uh, if, uh, if, they, if they make it out here, then I'll probably get some painting done with them. We'll probably go up to Portland, down to the Bay, or something like that. They'll, they'll drug me in, drag me into the concrete. Hell yeah, for hell a yeah. While, I guess. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, maybe maybe we'll swing by, swing through Fresno and see what's up with Shit, old James. Yeah, or I might, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be in these national parks. So we, I might be up there before you get down here. We'll figure it out. Oh, hell yeah. yeah Man, have, the, you ever been up to, have you ever been up to Glacier? Uh, no, I have not. I'm out to hit it. It's on the hey, list. Glacier. I'm sorry, not Glacier. I'm at Crater Lake. Yeah, nah, that's the one. Yeah, I seen that on the fucking um on the app and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, Crater Lake is amazing, man. Mm-hmm. No matter what time of year, it's. I mean, all the national parks are amazing, but mm-hmm. that's one that's up here that's pretty close to me. That's that's pretty amazing. Here in uh, the town I live in, we've got a uh, the Caves National Monument, some caves out here and stuff. That it's not it's not a national park or anything, but it's a national monument. You can come visit the caves and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, but man. yeah, and then we've got all the redwoods. I'm I'm on Highway 99. We go right through the Jendaya Smith, right through right follow right along Smith River through California, and 
Nice. It's, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to pull up. Yeah, we definitely got to pull up. Yeah, we definitely yeah, got to pull up. Yeah, we definitely 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 got to pull up. Yeah, Oldest, uh, rarest flower in the world grows in the Siskiyou wilderness out here, and it survived through the Ice Age. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the flower, but it's uh, Calmyopsis. That's what it is. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. But, yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, we're going to come yeah. out there and but check you. Yeah, I'm going to pull up, here, man. man. Yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're going to wrap this joint up. We appreciate you guys coming out. You could be anywhere on the internet, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. Catch us again next Thank week. Y'all. Same BS time, same BS channel. Once again, this is some shit I just thought of y'all. Scientific fiction that's not admissible in no court of law. I'm out of here like Vladimir. James Drolt's over and out. Peace. Art and Bullshit Podcast.